Welcome to Crit Apocalypse episode 150. Can't hear you. Welcome, because the fucking mic's all the way over here. No, Welcome to Crit Apocalypse episode microphone. 150. Fucking... It's been 150 episodes, and as you can tell, we have smoothed out all technical problems we have had, and we are now a well-oiled machine, aren't we? We smoothed out the kinks. Smoothed out the kinks, and we kinked out the smooths. The band, anyway. the kinks, they've got no wrinkles on them at all now, and they can go back on tour. Wait, like wait, what 20 was the wrinkle old. before? Well, they're like 70. Right. I was thinking of the Kooks. The who? The Kooks. The Kooks. They're another band. And they're Kinks tribute band. Maybe. Um, oh, well, that comedy gold is gone. <laughs> on, to the, on to the next thing. And new Look, stuff. Man, a double act is only as good as the double thing, yeah. Yeah, and I'm nailing it. No, I get, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. So, like, I'm Mark Dukaskos, and you're the other guy, and this is Double Dragon. Oh, we drive. What? Oh, we drive. Who's drive? You know the film Drive, Mark Dukaskos. No, and... I'm talking about Double Dragon. Brittany Murphy's in it. Brittany Murphy's in it. Yeah, and there's that other guy. Wait, Brittany Murphy's dead now. Yes, she's dead. Or is it Brittany Snow? Brittany Murphy's dead. Okay. I've been dead for like. 12 years. Oh, oh, from Clueless? Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Anyway, um, news. Some no. new stuff. Um, no. Well, it's relevant to one of my reviews. Is it? Yeah. Cyberpunk's fucked. Well, then just review Cyberpunk and talk about it then. Okay. Okay, I guess I can do that. Um, movies are fucked. Yeah. Did you hear about... Um, a film that I was really looking forward to seeing called Antlers. It's been produced by Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Um, it got given a 2020 slate release. Yeah. And obviously that got pushed back because of COVID. Yeah. Um, and it had a 2021 release date. Yeah. They've now completely wiped it from the board, so it's no longer getting that 2021 release date. It's going on demand date. in February. You reckon? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Wonder Woman's going on demand in the UK next month. Next month? Yep. It's on demand in America in five days. Yeah, we're getting it in January. Oh. Yeah, because I think they've really... Well, the cinemas are shut pretty much. Yeah, well... There's like five cinemas open across the UK, I think, maybe. Yeah, if that. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I can't believe that... Did you did you see what the tier restrictions mean now? Because they changed... So, if, for anyone who doesn't know, the UK has a really shit, really stupid system of lockdown in which it does tiers. So, if you're in a particularly bad area, then you get a different set of rules to someone who's in a good area. And obviously the poorer the area is, the higher their tier yeah, gets. That because seems to be the case. That seems rich the people case. don't contract it, apparently. Yeah, and so this is this is the thing that fucking I found so stupid. So in tier three, which was the maximum tier for about two days, in tier three what would happen is like everything would be shut except for shops, gyms, you everything. Know, everything. The only thing that changed from tier two to tier three for one day on Saturday for us was cinema shut down. No, it was it was basically that takeaway, wasn't it? Like, well, and also cinema shut. Yeah, because right. they couldn't be open, but gyms could. Yeah. Somehow, a gym is considered a more hy- hygienic. Environment you love it when gyms open. Anyway, it so, bends over, and you just <laughs> so we're in tier three. We're in tier three for one day. Gyms <laughs> bottle. Uh, we were in tier three, tier three for one day, and then we <laughs> fucked it somehow. <laughs> now we're in tier four. We made a new type of COVID. <laughs> well, yeah. Somehow the southeast is so grim. <laughs> For all those people that complain, like, like, have you seen China? Have you seen how bad it is? Over no, Scotland does better than us in general. Yeah, the less people, but I think it's because they got iron brew in their blood, and also it's just because they actually locked down. Yeah, same as Wales. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so our stupid tier system means You're that... You're saying England's a problem. England's fucking stupid, basically. Well, there's one country that's being fully governed by... by by fucking, I was about to say Donald Trump, by uh, Boris Johnson. And, mm. and it's England, it's fucked up beyond regard, so. Mm. Um, so yeah, so we spent, what, we spent the last... Herefordshire's eight, gone down a level, though. Yeah, we spent the last... Her- that's Herefordshire. Yeah, well done. We spent the last seven or eight months being in and out of lockdown, with no firm lockdown. I don't think there was any point when it, when it actually felt like people weren't allowed For to like go out. For like two months between March and no, May. No, even then people were out all the time and doing stuff. Like, there was no f- actual lockdown because no one was enforcing it. Everybody was mm. still out and about. And so now we're paying the price, obviously. But Tier 4 is happening over Christmas. Boris Johnson has officially cancelled Christmas, which is great. Which he said two days ago. <laughs> he wasn't going to do. do. <laughs> and he said that Keir Starmer wanted... Christmas cancelled. Yeah, yeah. Turns out it was Boris Johnson the one who's cancelled Christmas. What a twist. It's a Shamar Lionel ding dong twist. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, so that's life now for us. So mm-hmm. we are the last vestiges of. I'm not going to get a new job. What? I'm not going to get a new job. Well, because you're going to be on furlough for months. That's if they let us have furlough. They might just write off all the temp staff. But I thought they had. And they might just shut the stores now. But the only way they can recoup any costs is if they do go through the furlough scheme. I don't know. I don't know. Because yeah. if they go through the furlough scheme, then it means that everything that they... Well, it means that profit's maximised, doesn't it? Because that furlough debt will be right... Oh, it doesn't fucking matter. I don't care. Anyway, so... Um, right, we've got to review stuff. Yeah, we've got to review stuff. Fifth, 150th episode. I know. Imagine being here 150 episodes ago, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed... Thinking to ourselves, the world is our oyster, we could do whatever we want, and then realising, you know, we're going to get locked down and breathe probably the most virulent, <laughs> virulent form of COVID ever. I wonder if the uh, I wonder if the vaccine's still effective. Yeah, yeah, it will, because the vaccine doesn't target the virus, it targets a uh, protein that causes the virus to attach itself. Yeah. That doesn't change, that's just if the it nature mutates of the thing. In, well, I wonder, I wonder if it can... Because you know the protein strains that actually... Like, prions are a protein strain, and they're something that affect the brain. So I wonder if COVID affects the brain, then would it be able to stop all protein strains that... No, it attacks a specific protein that causes the little bits that attach to your lungs. That doesn't change. That's part of the virus. It also affects your brain. I mean, the virus would have to survive the vaccine, your white blood cells tearing it apart in order to have a chance of changing it. Which it won't. This sort of mutation, the sort of mutation that's happened is the sort of mutation that happens when it's gone through one person to another. To another, to another. another, Yeah. Yeah. So it's sort of, it's worked out the cheat code for their white blood cells and it's just able to transfer quicker. No, that's too quiet. Anyway, what are you talking about? Uh, your review. Fuck you. Right. Oh, we review stuff, you know, we do for each chance review. Is that all you got? I mean, uh, you know, it's your review. Go on. Show us Fine, how it's done. What am I going to review first? I don't fucking know. Right, let's do The Mandalorian Season 2. Woo! Uh, let's talk about Mando, Mando, you know, faster than I like the show, name. but I'm going to upset people now. Why? This show was designed for Wikipedia entry enthusiasts to fill out all the Wikipedia articles for various characters they know from other Star Wars things. Because, Are like, you saying you're playing Mando Bingo? Yeah, I'm not going to spoil the finale... But even before you get to the finale, you've had friggin' Bo-Katan and Cobb Vanth. Cobb Vanth is like a character from a card game or some shit. Like, 
one of those things where you get the really obscure Star Wars and going, oh yeah, he's the greatest character ever. Mm. Those sort of things. Freaking, you get the so what you're Mandalorians from Star Wars Rebels, wasn't it? I think it is. And, yeah. you know, all this sort of stuff. All these characters that you know from other things. Bob Boba Fett turns up, everyone knows he does. Ahsoka, yeah, but um, Ahsoka, yeah, and all that. But the first series didn't rely on that sort of stuff. Like, the first series, like, was there any specific characters from Star Wars that you know that turn up again in the first series? It's like, the only things you get that you would go, oh, I know that thing from elsewhere is the Darksaber and Mos Eisley. And, and Mos Eisley, yeah, yeah, but that's like, not count, you don't really count a race or a type of droid or something, oh. do you? Because they're not their characters. And also, um, Moff, Grand, Grand, is it Grand Moff or is it, no, what's the, what's the bad guy's name? Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon, there you go. Yeah, well, you know him from Breaking Bad. Yeah. Um, he, he ran a chicken show. Giancarlo Esposito yeah, basically yeah. turns up in TV shows now to let you know the hero's fucked. Well, he was a good That's guy like, in... He was a good guy in... Sesame uh, Street. Maze Runner. <laughs> two and three. Nah, he wasn't good. Yeah, he, was. Doing, he was up to something behind the scenes, probably. His daughter was very sick. Cooking meth. Find, no, his daughter was very sick. He had to find a cure. Yeah, he was miscast. And Barry Pepper was like, I'm still handsome even though I'm 50. But the second series has just been a lot of... You know, here's that character you know from that thing. You know, and they name drop Thrawn and stuff. And I like Katie Sackhoff, but I felt like Katie Sackhoff was a weird choice. Well, she does the voice of Bo-Katan in the cartoon. Does she? Oh, that's that why, explains But that's why people are complaining about Ahsoka being Rosario Dawson, because they could have got the actress who plays her in the cartoon. Isn't the actress, like, the same age as Rosario Dawson, which is probably, probably. too old in the eyes of Hollywood? Yeah. Rosario Dawson's, like, 45. She's so hot. Hmm. I'm very attracted to Rosario Dawson. Um, no, it was a good series, though. I liked it. The first episode, I thought, loads of people just sort of, I think they forgot the first episode, but the first episode was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. The freaking had... crate Dragon yeah. thing. The first episode is probably my favourite. And it but... reminds me a lot of, like, westerns where they're like, oh, we're going to take out these bandits and, <coughs> you know, the small town and the Native Americans team together. This one, it being the sand people and the, like, the people in this tiny little... Um, Tatooine village that no one knows about. Yeah, my two my two favorite episodes for the series are the two that don't include other characters from from oh, I guess Boba Fett to a certain degree, but mm. I like the, the Spider Cave one was quite cool. I really like the Spider Cave one, but I didn't like, Frog Lady. I think that could have worked <laughs> as like that for me. I enjoyed. I enjoyed that mostly because I was like, finally, Lost in Space makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I've got the thing that I always wanted from Lost in Space in the terrible movie. Oh, yeah, I wanted like the shooting sequence with the fire and like the big one. I yeah. like that's what I wanted from Lost in Space. Smith never turned up in that. No, I didn't know. But my favorite episodes of this series, like as opposed to the first series, where I thought like I could rewatch all of that and I, it felt pretty consistent, it felt pretty fun, and I liked it. In this, like probably my favorite episodes are the first one, Crate Dragon, as you said. And the seventh one, where Bill Burr has that meeting with the dude who oh, yeah, yeah. who led his like whole platoon into like basically just death. That whole sequence, the whole chase sequence, where they're fighting off the pirates and stuff. It's great. Like, I think that should have given up their identities the moment they drove into that base because no stormtrooper would have survived that. Yeah. No, I, I <laughs> but, just um, I, I didn't expect Bill Burr like, because that first series, the episode with Bill Burr in it, it's like mm. it reverses the Mando and makes him into. Makes him into like a horror movie villain because hmm. the fucking lighting goes black and black and, and and red and it just like he just stalks around in the dark taking him out. Hmm. Um, but as soon as he came back and he's just like I'm you know whatever I owe you like and also the mask as well where he takes his mask off and he goes we call him Brown Eyes yeah how you doing Brown Eyes like, he can't hear you got decompression yeah. issues and like all that other shit yeah just it like those were those were the two episodes where I felt like. Hmm. 
okay, this is Mando experiencing the Star Wars world. And then as soon as like you get like fucking like Ahsoka's Ahsoka's episode has loads of really pretty visions. Yeah, like, that was the whole uh, samurai movie thing. Yeah. yeah. And then, but then as soon as you're watching, you're like, it, it feels... Actually, it was quite 13 Assassins-y. Well, not yeah. 13, was it 13 Assassins? Yeah, 13 Assassins is the one where they built the entire village yeah, of yeah. wood and stuff, and they... Not that's that, such a good movie. Um, I noticed one little thing that was neat. Um, they do appear in an earlier episode, so fuck it, Dark Troopers, the cyborg Dark Troopers. Um, when they animate them, there's certain shots where they animate them at a lower frame rate than the rest of the film to make them look like stop-motion things from the 80s. Oh. I noticed that a couple of shots. And I also noticed Gideon's cruiser is an actual model. It's not a CG thing. It's an actual model. Oh. Which was really nice. Because I looked at that, I saw it come up and I was like, that's pretty... That's a that's an overly detailed spaceship for CGI. Because CGI likes to smooth off the edges and stuff. Yeah. But you can see little bit details in it, like edges that aren't quite straight and stuff like that. Like they've been crafted and all this. The and- only thing I didn't like about the Death Troop as well, that I thought it was creepier the idea they introduced first. Because they do mention like, oh, this is the fourth iteration. Yeah. So they don't have people inside. Originally they were genetically engineered like, yeah, that- super soldier things. I wanted cyborgs it- and then... I wanted them to say, like, we took the person out of the person and put them in the machine. I thought that sounded creepier, hmm. but then they turned around and said, these are all just cyborgs. And fully droids. They're just droids, yeah. Yeah. Which I didn't like, because I, I think that when Mando's fighting them, he's fighting them in a way like he almost feels... It almost feels well, he like... he only fights one. Yeah. <laughs> but when he's fighting it, he it feels like he's met them before, because you know how he mm. like uses fire to try and burn away on the insides and mm. stuff? And I thought it'd yeah, be nice to, with droids. yeah. I thought it'd be nice for them to introduce the idea that he'd come across earlier iterations of Death Troopers. There's some real cool stuff in that. I like that the, the um, Razor Crest just basically is held together with bits of rope and mm. netting. By one point, um, it's going to be tough to put back together now. Uh, it's completely exploded. Yeah, I mean, it might need a little bit. But I'm sure you just buff it out and be fine. I really don't like the fact that that one episode where um, Grogu gets taken away. Um, I really didn't like... Because that was only half an hour, wasn't it? Yeah. And that could have just been tacked onto the Bill Burr episode and felt great. Felt fine. Could have no, been just an hour and eight minutes. been a separate thing. Mm. No, you got to have that be the cliffhanger where it ends with Grogu being taken. I do like that they gave him a name the moment all the Christmas merch went out with the child written all over it. I thought yeah. that was funny. Um, I like the fact that he spent like ten minutes just calling him yeah. Grogu. <laughs> Grogu. <laughs> Grogu. <laughs> Grogu. <laughs> but, um, yeah, mostly, you know... Really good series, enjoyable. I, you know, I like stuff. I, I would, would do wish Star Wars would show me something new. Um, for once, I'm... yeah, those spoilers were the closest thing we got to something new, weren't they? Yeah, I mean the crate dragon we've never seen before. Crate dragons never actually appeared in Star Wars. Well, we've seen the bones and stuff, haven't we? No, no, you didn't know what the only thing it was. It was the only thing you ever had was that loud noise and the description that it was a giant dragon beast. I thought one of them in Tatooine, you saw the big bones, like Finn may have gone past it or someone. No, I think I don't know if it was actually a crate dragon or what. It was just, but that, maybe they decided that was a crate dragon later. But um, no, this CGI is like really good for a TV show. Although there's one effect that won't spoil, um, which looks a bit ropey, and they probably could have done a bit better. I <laughs> had a conversation with someone about that and how it caused me to get that. It's the first time it's ever happened to me. The uncanny valley effect. I know what it. I know what it feels like now. It felt like. No, I heard you screaming. No, it was when I was watching it. Everything else seemed in focus, but. The face didn't. Yeah. It's really weird. And like, I... Yeah, I, beware YouTube videos for the next few months doing their deep fakes. We fix these special effects videos. I don't care, like, I don't care about, like, the way it looked too much. It just, it caused me to have, like, a weird Uncanny Valley effect. For yeah. Me. But, um, yeah, that's, like, industrial light magic for you, though, isn't it? They want to do it all their own way, and yeah. they won't, like, do the thing that's been proven to work really well. 
Um, Which is higher Sebastian Stan. Just, yeah, just yeah, that would have been quite cool. But um, was, uh, that was the rumor, wasn't it? He, yeah, he denied it, and it yeah. was like, well, he's Marvel, isn't he? And he's doing Winter Soldier, and yeah. he looks like him. Spoilers. What? Winter Soldier, you spoil Winter like Soldiers. Winter in, Soldier, yeah. You spoil the Winter Soldiers in Mandalorian. Um, He's going to be in the next Avengers film, <laughs> along with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Oh, God, yeah. I fucking forgot he's <laughs> gonna, they're going to be in the Spider Man film, aren't they? Anyway, Mandalorian. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And then after a big old press conference the other day announcing five billion Star Wars yeah. TV shows, they announced another one at the end of Mandalorian. Well, no, um, apparently that's been rumoured for ages. Like, yeah. it's not so much a surprise as it was, like, we're doing this. I did think it was funny, because I saw the credits come up, and I saw Bib Fortuna, and I was like, Bib, Bib Fortuna, Fortuna wasn't in this episode. He's fucking fat now. Well, he's not now. He's fucking... Well, he's dead. Bib. I was kind of hoping he'd open the pit and just drop him into the Sarlacc pit. That's what I was expecting, because they were standing right on that trap door. Yeah. Um, Do you think they filmed that at the Star Wars um, Disney... Um, resort because I'm pretty sure they got a Jabba's Palace area in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Maybe because it doesn't look like the old set. It looks way too bright and open. It looks smaller. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mm. I I really liked it. I like the Mandalorian. I continue to like what they do with it. I wish that they they set up so many good things and then they're like they're like cool. There's a whole bunch of stuff that's clearly setting up another series and yeah. the Ahsoka thing looking for Thrawn. So we know her series is going to be her hunting Thrawn. Well, I was hoping that the whole thing with why is there a Cassian Andor series? I kind of like that. Oh my God. So, the whole thing about the Cassian Andor series is that he was one of the most interesting characters in Rogue One. No, well, none of them were interesting. Donnie Yen? No, none of them were interesting. Donnie Yen? None of them. Donnie Yen? Donnie Yen was very interesting. He was a priest who was aware of the Force and believed in the Force and then used it to fight people somehow, mm. even though he was blind. Yeah. And he was in love with his, his mate with a big machine gun. Yeah. And they might have been gay lovers. No, they couldn't say it in the film because no. it's too cowardly. Disney. <laughs> the House of Mouse does not accept mouse on mouse love. <laughs> Freaking kids all love that film. All the Star Wars nerds think it's the best Star Wars film. And I'm like, it's, People, it's all right. Like, oh, the thing is, they don't want to like the sequel trilogy because they've all collectively decided the sequel trilogy is all terrible when only one of them is terrible. And, they won't, and the thing is, that leaves them with the two other films that have come out. And it's like Rogue One or Solo. And no one wants to say they like Solo. Even though you do. Yeah, Solo's good. But they're not going to say they like Solo because, you know, it had a troubled development, so obviously it was terrible. And, you know, the original directors got kicked off it, so, you know, it obviously... It was so weird, that. It was broken film. <laughs> yeah, if they... If they I, re- I reckon it could have been really funny if they kept the original directors on. Maybe. Because it was Lord and Miller, wasn't it? Who went on to do Spider-Verse. And did literally, Lego Star Wars. Didn't they literally Lego go, movies. Didn't they literally go straight to Spider-Verse after doing that? Uh, they probably direct Spider Verse was probably basically done before then, though. No. Yeah, because the Spider animated films take years to make. No, They're basically all directed and blocked out and everything. Have like, you seen the years in advance? The next one's coming out twenty twenty two. Yeah, that's exciting. Um, but yeah, Mandalorian. I really liked it. I I wish that you know, like every every episode, they, they exactly like you said, it was like a like, hey, look, check it out. We've gone on Wikipedia, mm. and I kept thinking, oh, just do something cool with like. The whole spider thing. I'd like it if, like, there were two episodes linked into that. Like, somehow he took back one of the spiders to that fishing planet. And it, like, had another... Like, it went from being, like... um, It went from being, like, a Jurassic Park, like, monstery kind of... Let's fight these spiders to, like, an alien-style thing where one's loose on a planet and he's sort of got to make up for all his fucking mistakes. 
one loose on the planet. They would yeah, do but it like, in two it like gets into like, the fish and then it gets bigger and bigger and then it's like taking people out and ah, he's waiting for a ship to be repaired. They were very, they were very fragile. Yeah, I know, but like just have a bit of fun with it. Like build on some of those ideas because they're creating. A, like I really expected Timothy Oliphant to come back for that final part because he was like <laughs> he was a very competent human being in a world where no one else was competent. I like how he was too skinny for the Boba Fett armor mm. and Boba Fett is too fat for the Boba Fett armor. I like the fact the helmet was just rattling around like one of those bobbleheads. Yeah. But no, he he was really, really good. I really liked yeah. And also, I like the fact that they showed that someone can just pick it up and be like, this makes sense, I can use this. Because yeah. it's all treated a bit too mystical when it comes to the Mandalorians. Yeah, I mean, this is the only time Boba Fett's been cool as well, isn't it? Yeah. Like, because most of the other time he's incompetent and well, there's that tweet from years ago so what's your favourite Boba Fett bit the bit where he's leaning against the wall the bit where he falls in a hole <laughs> <laughs> like, I see there are moments of this like I like Boba Fett but his his style of doing things he is essentially just like get shot and then react like Mandalorian at least like occasionally he'll shoot first and fight the enemy before they fight him but like Boba was just like Poof, oh I've been shot or I shoot that direction Poof, I've been shot again I'll shoot that direction he's a tank yeah I liked um I liked the in the last episode um the uh Mandalorian Pedro Pascal just jumping in front of jumping in front of Baby Yoda because mm. um thingy Esposito Giancarlo Esposito he pulls his pulls his thing fires one shot to get one of the Mandalorians to disappear basically just duck off and then uses every other shot to try to shoot Baby Yoda and can't fucking hit him because <laughs> he's still a stormtrooper at heart mm. um but yeah I thought it was decent yeah. There's my review now. Yeah, I guess. You should review something. Have you even thought what you're going to review? Yeah. So, uh, oh, Netflix yeah. released uh, released a series of 10 episodes of a, of a program called Sweet Home. Alabama. Yeah. No, it's called Sweet Home, and no, it's not based on the video game that Resident Evil was eventually based on. It's based on a manhwa. Do you know what a manhwa is? Resident Evil is? wasn't based on Sweet Home. Do you know what a manhwa is? A manhwa? Yeah. Isn't that, um, like, wagwam? You're trying to come up with some sort. You're trying to come up with something funny, and you came up with a reference that's forty years old. Well, I'm a brethren. <laughs> uh, no, so manhwa is like is the Korean version of manga. It's usually um, not solicited by a big company, so people self-publish on like websites. Like m- comic. What? It's a comic. Yeah, but it's, it's called manhwa. It's called manhwa, right? Mm. You got it. You got it. Yeah, and it's usually published on websites. There's one in particular that translates it to UK audiences called Webtoons, mm-hmm. and they released the entirety of a manhwa series called Sweet Home, which Netflix picked up and optioned for a TV series. Oh, um, so in the manga, in the manhwa, and in the program, the, the whole the whole idea is that um, suddenly in society, a load of people are infected with a virus that turns you into some sort of monster based on based on your um, based on your like horrible bitter desires so like there are certain people that are like um really fat and overweight and they want to be skinny or they want to be muscly so they like just become oh, these... Stephen King's thinner no they oh. just become these big hulking mindless fucking monsters and they just go around like one of them and it's always based on their idea of what their personality is like so the big muscly dude who um who basically he started out like a really schlobby fat guy because it's big muscly dude and he's just traipsing around the place trying to find people and he eats them and as he's eating them he just goes protein. Like he mutters protein under protein. his Protein! Yeah, and just keeps eating them. Like the guy um, from Agoretsko. Yeah, I don't know. 
the big bunny guy. He's the buff rabbit guy. Oh, I have no idea. All he says is protein. Oh, cool. Um, <laughs> so, so in this, um, we joined someone called Hansu, who um, his family recently died in a car accident. His dad suddenly had a stroke and crashed the car, took out his entire family. Um, it turns out that Hansu has had a particularly bad childhood in which he tried to help someone on their first day of school and tried to be nice, tried to offer his friendship, and that person turned out to be like a really bitter psychopath and oh. made his life miserable, like repeatedly beat the shit out of him, and like at one point was trying to get kids to jump in front of cars, saying that he'd give them a load of money so they could pay their parents like medical bills. One character in particular, his mom's dying, and he is tempted to jump in front of the car before he can. This guy comes out of nowhere and throws the bully in front of the car and says, like, you jump. And this is all shown in the series. And it's, like, it's the idea that he was driven to suicide, essentially. His family are, like, completely ashamed of him. And he spends most of his time being one of those people locked in his room just playing online video games and sleeping, playing online video games. Um, so when his family all die, he, um, he finds out that they didn't leave him enough money for him to survive. So his only option is, well, for him to survive for a substantial amount of time. So his only option is that he sells his sells his parents' house and everything else they've got and goes and takes all his belongings and goes and moves into a really shitty apartment complex. And I don't know, like, I don't know much about Korean apartment complexes. Like, most of the stuff I watched is, like, for Japan and China because I, like, watch a lot of Wong Kar Wai films. And, um, and in this, it just looks like a really, just looks like an old shitty flat building where they've only got like two room flats so you've got like a living room bedroom and then and then maybe a bathroom so living room bedroom like sort of combo with like a cooking unit and stuff you've like. seen Parasite they have a little house that's slightly underground and they fold oh, boxes that's awesome all day. that place though that's different they've got a toilet that's up a little set of stairs and it shoots shit out the top of it when it's, yeah. when it's raining great film um, but no but this is like yeah so they're just like small flats and the place attracts a lot of like police and a lot of like just just people that don't get paid a lot or get paid enough and they just sort of, they want cheap housing. Um, so when this virus suddenly attacks, the whole of the residents of the property wake up to find that the front gate has been locked because they have like a security guard and a little shop in these flat bu- buildings. Mm. And the security guard's locked it and then locked himself in and no one can get into him. And also they can't work out why he's locked the door on the inside so no one can get out. describing the entire show. I'm explaining. I'm explaining the fucking premise. This isn't even the first episode. Oh my god! You don't have. To- so you've been going for twenty minutes. So all these people are trapped in this building. They find out that this disease is attacking people, um, and they basically have to start working together to clear the floors, ration the food, and just survive in this situation. So Hunsen, who is obviously the he's the protagonist, but obviously he's had a really shitty life. It turns out that he has decided that August twenty fifth is going to be the day he kills himself. Oh, good for him. Um, and leading up to that, Got a plan. In, in the manual, you're sort of that day is treated like it's sort of like he he is keeping the virus at bay because he's one of the infected and he's he's becoming one of these monsters. But he's keeping the virus at bay because it sort of has this. It's almost like a, a ethereal presence in his life. So he, he occasionally in the manual he sees it and behind him and it talks to him. Um, and when he has these episodes, so one of the signs that you're becoming a monster is you piss blood out your nose like literally just like fucking sprays out your nose um and then you mutate and he has these attacks and every time he has these attacks there's like a shadow version of himself that's going like you don't want to fucking live let me live in your place mate you fucking die i'll make it so you're with your family and that's kind of the idea is that well, the virus happen when you get nosebleeds yeah the virus lock well that and also cocaine uh, the virus locks you in like this reality it creates for you, you. septum yeah like daniela it- westbrook did yeah, 
it gives you it gives you what you want. It says that you can have this reality. I'll make this happen for you. But then it takes your body and mutates you and kills everyone. Sweet. And, and so he keeps pushing it. Like he keeps saying, like, no, I want to live. And the idea is that that date, the reason that date has semblance and reason that he's able to push it back is he's already set himself like an expiration date. So mentally, before he even mutated or before he started becoming this monster, he set himself that goal and he's sort of pushing towards it. And in the in the manga, that's made a little bit more obvious because like there is semblance that day and like there is other stuff that's happening in the background that leads him a bit again like Wonka Wai. Like a lot of his films have dates and they're they're sort of an obsession with time. Um, and yeah, it's really really interesting. I'm not comparing this to Wonka Wai. <laughs> You've never seen a Wonka Wai. I have. I did it in film studies. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Which one? Yeah. Uh, Chunking Express was my was yeah. the one I watched like the most because it's an anthology and I'm obsessed with anthology films. But it's the the is it the cop or the detective? He's obsessed with that date. Then it's the date that the succession from the UK government and from Britain, Hong Kong, Hong Kong ninety seven. Yeah, the game. The one is. No, he keeps buying cans of pineapple, and there's a scene where he where he he goes he's he's like cupboards full, so he goes home and he eats a bunch of pineapple. And he goes, I feel sick with the amount of pineapple. I mean, it's called the same expiry date. It's the expiry date. Yeah. I should get a copy of Hong Kong 97. Can oh, okay. Are oh, we going to say Chungking Express then? Really no, the fun. game. I want Hong Kong 97. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so, um, so yeah, and, um, what's, so that's, that's the premise. It's, it's a bit like a zombie film mixed in with like, uh, like a body horror style thing with like a load of traditional horror elements. And it's really good. I really enjoyed it. It lives up to the same as a man where some of the characters, although they've changed the designs, you can, they've sort of, They've almost carbon copied the manual, but introduced some elements like the military are involved in this one. Um, and also there's the idea that um, Hyunsun isn't going to transform. Like, although he does occasionally have symptoms of the disease, he's sort of able to pull himself back even past the date. And they, they're investigating that and they're trying to find out why. Um, which is which is interesting. You know, it, it, it doesn't feel as um, realised as the manual did, like the story and stuff. But it's still, it's still really good, still really interesting, and it's great for horror. It's a really good horror series. One of the one of the things that I found most interesting is all the monsters are done, uh, done in a way. So you know how you said like the whole shift, the frame shift for um, Death Troopers, so they look like they're running. All of these monsters, they're done in CGI, but they're made to look almost like stop motion. So they're like really realistic, really realistic um, textures, but their movements like weirdly shifted and and changed so that they like sort of move. They move like they're in another plane of existence almost. It's really cool. I like it. But yeah. They probably are. There's, you can just go and shoot demons in America, in Japan and China and Korea and stuff. There's some really weird they're ones. All over the place. You just film them. There's one guy that I assume was they like... Get agents. Peep, there's like one guy that I assume was like a peeping Tom or, Tom or something because he just becomes like an eye on a stalk that just looks in the windows of all the apartment buildings. Mm. So there's a scene where like someone opens their curtains there's just this massive eyeball in front of the window and it's just like scl- like gleaming in. Um, and oh. I think that's like a weird idea. It's interesting. Stab me in the eye. Well, yeah, someone, um, someone, there's you a got guy. that giant eye from the David Okoto film. Yeah, yeah. The one that molests men. Yeah. And only men, for some reason. Well, maybe his cost was directed by David Dakota. That's true. What was the one where it was just a bunch of topless guys looking for Bigfoot? Oh, what, um, one of the Power Rangers is in that. Yeah. Can't remember which one, but um, Billy. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, he was in it before he was a power. He's the guy who, um, in Super Mega Force, played Troy. No idea. He was in the David Dakota film. Yeah. So he was just, you know, there's always a scene where they're just like, yeah, let's hang out in the shower for a bit in our boxer shorts and breathe heavily. Yeah. Down the camera lens. 
Awesome and he's just like, yeah, I'm just going to about to start cooking. He just takes his trousers off. That's what sort of thing happened in David Dakota films. Yeah. How long till David Dakota is like revealed to be like another Weinstein? No, he's just going to get a Marvel film. <laughs> that would be, be a Moon Knight. That'd be amazing. No, he'd do he'd a do Doctor a... Strange. He'd be like, oh, you've taken my clothes off with your mystical daggers. He'd just do Moon Knight, and everyone's like, why is Moon Knight hanging dong the whole time? <laughs> He's got his dick out in every single. Just doesn't have his tights on. Uh, Top half of his costume's on. Yeah. He's just hanging part. dong the whole time. Yeah, he keeps getting stuff stuck up his arm. He's like, Spider-Man, i got something to tell you. And Spider-Man's put like, your ah, dick away. Jesus Christ. Just put your dick Fucking... away. No. Um, but yeah, no, Sweet Home, really interesting. I really enjoyed it. Um, by no means is it perfect. Um, I think that with any of these series, when they're, like, when they're translated over to TV, they always lose something. And that's very much the case here. Um, certain aspects of like characters and things go missing. And it's also, less pages in the TV show. Yeah, it's less. Pa- well, actually, probably more pages. The script is one minute per page. We don't turn any of them. <laughs> no, like every, every soundtrack's different in the TV show That's as well. True. That is true. Um, it's not. It's not the greatest hits of Britney Spears. Mm. Um, I really, I really liked it. Like I said, but it's not. It's not for everyone, and I don't think many people are going to see it pop up in their in their timeline because it's. I think Netflix is doing a very weird thing where it's not telling you when something new comes out and you have to watch it. Well, they get to the latest page. Well, even if you go to the latest page, it does it in a weird order. It doesn't do it by release. It does. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does your highlight. It does it the week. It says what day they're coming out. There's one for next week and one for this week, but the one for this week is actually more stuff for next week, but you can go on there and see it. That sounds check like it all even you're confused. By it I need to check when Transformers Cyberverse Season 3 is going to be on there. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because that's mm. your favourite. Mm. Wild Will's in Season 3. <gasps> He's the one who looks like Didn't a cowboy. Didn't you hate that programme? Cyberverse was fun. Didn't you hate that no. programme? No. What was the one that you... War for Cybertron? Siege was terrible. Oh, okay. Yeah. Earthrise is on next week. What is the one that they released specifically on Netflix? That's, they made it for Netflix. That was Siege. The one made oh, by okay. the mechanic was fucking awful. Yeah. yeah, and the next part's out next week. Oh, I give uh, I give Sweet Home and John Leguizamo. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. She seems yeah. to be everywhere. And I mean, like... Loves playing paedophiles. He's got a good hit rate. Does he? Played the clown in Spawn. Yeah, he also played the pest in Pest. Yeah. And Luigi. Luigi Luigi's Mario. A Luigi's a paedophile. Luigi Mario, who's brother yeah. to Mario Mario. Yeah. yeah. All right, and your review? Okay. Um, I forgot what my third thing was. I've got the second and fourth. There's a, there's another one that's in the middle. Let's do. Go show I could have say wiring on a wall. What? Ultraman Z. What? Go show I could have say wiring on a wall is. Um, I asked. Look, I don't speak my name. French, and I don't think our audience speak French, so English, please. Uh, is I was telling you means I asked that you please chart my name. Oh. And it's his catchphrase. Ultraman Z is this year's Ultraman series. It just ended. This past Friday. And it's my first proper Ultraman series, because I only watched the animated one before. It's the first one I've watched all the way through. And this is obviously made almost entirely during COVID period. Because obviously it started in May. It's only like 20 some odd episodes. It's not a year-long thing like Carmen Rider and Super Sentai. But like almost the entire thing would have been made during the whole COVID lockdowns and stuff like that. The whole COVID lockdowns? Yeah, the whole COVID lockdown. Um... But it's, it's not too bad. Like, you can't really tell. You can tell there's some stuff they've had to do to be careful with shooting. Yeah. Like, minimal amount of characters and stuff like that. Um, they work in this big old facility, and quite often you see characters walking around wearing face masks and stuff. But, you know, the excuse is, is that it's a, you know, facility for building robotics and all this sort of stuff. They've got chemicals everywhere and, mm. you know, fumes and shit. Um, 
But no, the series is basically like a lot of Ultraman series. There's some sort of human unit that's going to help fight aliens on Earth. This On this Earth, aliens, monsters just happen to exist. They're all over the planet. They'll just wake up one day and, you know, the humans have a bunch of robots they fight back with. And they start off, they've only got the one robot called Savenger, who's like a proper 1950s looking wonky robot thing. And I quite like that quite often you'll get the monsters that are clearly from like the 1950s and 60s and stuff. And they look, they just look like 1950s and 60s robots, which is monsters, which is kind of neat. Like they don't try and give them cool modern designs. You know, they don't try and make them look like Gigan in Godzilla Final Wars, where he gets chainsaws instead of blades and stuff. Or a big old laser visor. They just make them look like goofy fucking monsters from the 50s, which is fantastic. They've even got the one that was basically Godzilla with frills on his neck. Yeah. Um, and it's that love of the sort of retro aesthetic. They don't, you know, they lean into it heavily um, in this. And they get some other robots as they go along. And a lot of the robots and monsters are literally taken from previous series. There's barely anything that's new in this. But it's fine because, you know, they're trying to save money. They don't have as big a budget as Carmen Rider and Super Sentai have. Um, and also another thing sort of from the COVID stuff is that most of the episodes are shots with monster attacks being in the forefront a lot of the time. Some episodes are literally half the episode is just the giant monster battles going on. And there'll be proper story progression to it. And it makes a change from Super Sentai and Carmen Rider. Because like, in Super Sentai, when they make the Megazords big and they fight the monster, usually the bulk of the story is over. And this is just like the exclamation point on the end of it to take out the monster in its final form. It's rare that there'll be an element of the main story that carries into that final fight. But because in Ultraman, you know, the main hero is Ultraman and the monster is the thing that everyone's dealing with, that is like a key part of the story to deal with. Mm -hmm. Um, And this series, Haruki, he's part of a guy called Haruki. He's very positive, always shouts, us, which is is sort of okay in the sort of like a slang version of okay. Yeah. Like K, right. Um, he likes shouting that a lot. That's his thing. His catchphrase. It's a bit of a shit catchphrase, but he's got it. He's got to deal with bad, it. Yeah. Um, you know, one day he's fighting a monster in Sevenger, gets destroyed. He sort of dies, but at the same time, Ultraman has come to help land on the planet. To, he's tracing some energy yeah. that's come from somewhere else. And he basically bonds with Haruki to keep him alive and they work to work together as the new Ultraman of Earth to help fight monsters every week. Yeah. And no one knows Haruki's Ultraman, although you know, no one seems to really put together that, like, every time he goes out there and his mecha gets destroyed, suddenly Ultraman appears. <laughs> Weird, that. Um, you know, and there's the rest of the team. There's two characters that irritate me. They've got really similar names, Yoko and Yuki. Um, and what are you talking about? Those are, they couldn't be more different. You know, the thing that's really annoying is I was watching another show with a Yoko in it and another show with a Yuki in it. Was it something to do with John Lennon? Really confusing. Um, but Yoko's the pilot. She's really she's like the top shot pilot who's great at everything, and she gets all the best mechas whenever they build a new mecha. It's her job to pilot it. All right. um, and her one weakness is that she loves Ultraman. When she sees him, she thinks he's the greatest thing that's ever existed, and she's like a massive fangirl for him. Um, and Yuki is like a mad scientist. She just wants to tear apart every alien she comes across and like dissect them and. She like she has a free fridge. She opens up the fridge in the main office, mm. and you can see everyone's lunches. And then there's like a heart from a monster. She's chucked in there. Um, and their commander, who's an interesting chap, um, everyone noted when the show started. Hey, that's the guy who played Jugglers Juggler in the previous series. Juggler is like the main villain of Ultraman Orb, I think it is. Okay. Um, and everyone just thought they've just cast the same actor. That happens sometimes, you know. The same actor turns up in multiple shows, but then a few episodes in. 
you get a little moment where his hair flops down over his eye like it does in the other show and he mm. like does a little look at the camera which was like a thing he used to do yeah he used to break the fourth wall quite often and then you find out that he actually is juggler from the other show and you're like oh shit he's bad guy he's fucking with stuff he's always you know doing bad things but by the end of the show he kind of has this whole he gets double crossed by his um team in that show so he sort of ends up becoming a sort of anti-hero yeah and it's like he's crossed over to this dimension and you're not really sure why and you never really find out why. It's just that he kind of just wants to have some fun and he's kind of messing with the monsters and his own team at times. Um, but, you know, he turns up as Juggler, does some battles. He he gets makes a copy of Ultraman's transformation device thing where you put like three medals in it of different Ultramans to combine their powers. Yeah. Um, he makes a copy of it that works with monsters so he can make like hybrid monsters that he can fight with. Um, and you know he's constantly like manipulating things behind the scenes, but he's not the bad guy in this series. It just turns out he's just sort of entertaining himself and trying to decide what he wants to do. I think I think he wants to be good, but he also kind of enjoys messing with people. Yeah. So fair enough. Um, and it's, you know, it's a good it's a good fun series. Get some cameos from other Ultramans every now and again. It's just a thing. They just turn up for a couple of episodes and go, "Hey, how, how you doing? You're right. I'm Ultraman uh, Taro or some shit. Let's fight a monster." And I'm like, yeah, sure. And uh, they get this one thing which is quite cool where they get there's an evil Ultraman called Belio who's in other ones. You would have fought him, you would have seen him in City Shrouded in Shadow. Okay, yeah, yeah. When there's the three Ultramans, two Ultramans fighting one. Belio, he's a bad guy. Um, They get a power to summon him as like a sword thing with his face on it and it talks and it refuses to fight, it just stabs itself in the ground. They're like, come on, give me a reason to fight. And he's like, I want to cut that big monster. And he's like, mm, yeah, sure, let's cut the monster. Vroom. And he like, gets bored of fighting the monster. He's like, nah, I'm bored of this now. And sticks that, himself in the ground. Is that like any other Ultraman? It's just a human inside of there? No, nah, it's just a sword that's got the spirit of Belial in it or some oh, so shit. Belial's dead? Yeah, he's dead. Oh. He's dead as dicks. That's grim. And parts of his um, evil aura and magic and dimensional shit. Um, the villain's weird as well. I kind of like the villain. There's no main villain there's no villain that's like hi I'm the big bad guy I'm doing my evil plan yeah but there aren't really often in these yeah. there's like an overarching yeah, usually all the shows have big villainous yeah no groups. but presence but not like an actual villain, villain yeah they always have a big villain you never watch these shows hmm. this one is basically a parasite called Celebros and he like transfers from people to per- person to person he's in one person for most of the series and then towards the end he starts hopping around between people but um, his he doesn't really have like goals in place. All he wants to do is just destroy everything and rip things apart. And yeah. he's clearly got a plan, but it's like a plan born of instinct. Is and is is kind of apt for this year because he's like a he's like a sort of basic virus type thing that only has the one goal in mind. And his goal is to create the ultimate monster to destroy the universe with this direct you know interdimensional ray thing that they develop. Yeah, he gets he basically manipulates humans into developing this ray that blasts a massive load of energy that causes a dimensional rift and rips everything into another dimension to destroy it. Okay, so his intention is to blow up everything, but it's like, but it's like he's doing it on instinct. Like all he knows is how to create this stuff, and he's making people get the monster parts needed for it and the coins to create the monsters he needs to create the situations where these interdimensional rifts will open. Yeah. All this, like, so he's he's like a little viral thing, and uh, yeah, he he doesn't have a big battle at the end. I mean, his monster has a big battle, but Celebro itself, just a little face hugger looking. Mm. Ja- well, think of Japanese face hugger. So more like a starfish. They love starfishes for aliens. Um, ends up in a net, and he's going to get dissected. Yuki catches him in the end in a net. She just literally just plonks a net on him and <laughs> just, just puts go, him in a jar and then puts him in the fridge. Yeah, oh. 
There's some really fun stuff. A lot of clip shows this series as well, which is clearly another thing because they're trying to, you know, deal with COVID and stuff. It's probably taking longer to make each episode than usual. So there was like four clip shows and there's still actually technically another episode left of the series and it's a clip show just to recap the entire series. Jesus. So yeah, there was one bit where there was like a clip show, two episodes, then another clip show. Um, and that other second clip show, because there was like nothing much new to show, was like clips of other Ultraman series. <laughs> it's just like... It's a brave move. Yeah. And it was just basically because they're padded out. So there's only really like 20 actual episodes of this series. Um, but they did their best and they made a fun show. It's got some, you know, little issues here and there. Some stuff doesn't get fully fleshed out, but I had fun with it. Yeah. For, and the fact they're showing it on YouTube simultaneously with Japan and it's not region locked or anything and it's got subtitles for like England, China, Korea and stuff. That's a nice move. Like, meanwhile, Toei are putting out um, the Kamen Rider Gaim soccer movie. They debuted that on the Toei Tokusatsu Network the other night. Region locked only to the US. The soccer movie. Yeah, the series has not been released outside Japan officially. Like they've they've taken a movie from a latter half of the series, put it on the internet, so no one's got any context of it, and only in the US. And it's based around soccer, a sport the Americans are famously in love with. Um, so that was weird. Just. Copy Subaru's step. Just do what Subaru do. They chuck a new TV show up, but up, up, it stays up for two weeks, then it gets removed. That's what they do. Premieres live with subtitles. But instead, Terry Tokusatsu Network have got their own channel, and they they chuck loads of Tokusatsu up there. There's like two or three, four videos a day, episodes of TV shows, yeah. but no subtitles on any of them. Especially harder now that YouTube shut down the whole thing for submitting subtitles. Oh. You have to actually like give people access to your account now if you want them to add subtitles. Oh. Yeah, it's an absolute mess. But even then, like only the first episodes on the first day had subtitles. Mm. Um, and they've been putting Super Sentai on there, but that's region locked outside of Japan. Kamen Rider isn't. Kamen Rider's available in America, but not over here in the UK. Oh. It's like... It's only getting a VPN as a sponsor. Yeah, but it's just silly. But anyway, Super Rider doing so much better. They've also got that Ultra Galaxy fight thing going on, which is like a 10-minute episode. It's just Ultraman's fighting. Oh. There's a story to it, but it's literally just like shit ton of Ultramans on some planet fighting giant monsters. Oh, that sounds cool. doesn't really matter, but it's fun. It's a thing. It's on there. Yeah. It's, you can watch it. It's new. They've been putting Gridman on there recently. The, the original series of Gridman. Like, that show's fantastic. You mean that rip-off of Automan? No, Gridman's great. Let's do that. Let's have, let's have this. Let's ditch this fucking network bullshit and just... Everyone has an internet channel, and they just put the videos up on the internet, the episodes, and everyone in the world can watch it. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. What you're asking for is uh, <laughs> socialism, though, because you're a liberal fucking maniac. I don't know. It just makes sense to me that if you want your show seen, you want to make money on it, and rather than limiting it to certain regions, why not just let everyone watch it? Yeah, but if you can't make money off of it because you you're ads. not charging anyone. You have ads for it. And you spread it worldwide, making more money. Yeah, that's true. It's true, you got a point. You got a good business point there, Anne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah but I want some Ultramans. Can I have an Ultraman I know you want toy? Ultramans. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I want a King Joe. Fuck off. I'm not le- I'm not getting you a specific one. You get a gutcha machine. No. What? Anyway, your review. My, Ultraman Z was good. Yeah. My next review is another Netflix program. Oh. And it's another foreign program. And it's another program based on manga. I watched Atlas in Borderland. Do you know what this is? A bunch of people randomly appear in a place that's like Tokyo. It's American McGee's Alice ends up in the no, world of Borderlands from Gearbox no, Software's famous games. No. Oh. So basically, 
a load of people end up trapped in a world. I'm yawning even though I drank a coffee. They're trapped in a world where no one else is about. They can't see anyone. Nothing seems to be happening. There are no planes or buses or anything like that. They're just in this random, completely empty version of Tokyo. Cool. (laughs) Uh, And they basically... They have to um, they have to take part in games to try and earn cards. Once they have a complete deck of cards, something will happen. But they don't know what. They might be able to go back home. They might not. If they choose to forfeit a game during the game, they are killed by a laser that comes down from the sky. If they lose a game, they're killed by a massive laser that comes down from the sky or a bomb on their neck. Yeah. It's pretty okay. It's mostly okay. Like Running Man, they got the bomb on the neck. Uh, a bit like Running Man, except they sort of like except okay, not directed by one of Starsky yeah. and Hutch. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> so it starts out this guy and his two friends. They're all sort of a bit. Well, one of them's a dosser, and the other two are. Well, one's like a salary man, and the other one is like sort of he's like a low-level criminal. He's sort of like a jack of all trades, but also he does a little bit of crime stuff. Um, and they all they all get stuck in this together and, and about the third or fourth episode they're forced to play a game where one person is the wolf and the rest are sheep and they have like these bomb devices strapped around their neck and a pair of like AR goggles that are attached to the bomb device. So mm-hmm. the AR goggles, if you look at someone else, so it's basically tracking your eye movement. If your eyes, if you look at someone else and they make eye contact with you, then they become the wolf. So it turns in this game of a bunch of people like chasing each other down, like smacking each other in the face and trying to get them to look at them so they become the wolf. So because the wolf is the only one that survives at the end. And it Is everyone afraid of the big bad wolf? No. Oh. Um and it turns out like that um everyone sort of sacrifices themselves for the layabout one just because they decide that he's he's like the one who has He's the one who has potential to like sort of work out the games because every game that up until that point he sort of worked out the trick. Like there's always like a little way of doing something. Like it's not always so straightforward. Like if it says put a ball in the in the hoop, it won't always be. It's a bit like Taskmaster. You know that UK game show except you die if you fail. Isn't that an American game show now? No, the American version failed. I watched uh, every episode. It wasn't great. I wish the American version of Who's Line anyway failed so we could get Clive Anderson back. It's really funny because the American version of Taskmaster, the best the best person in it was Freddie Highmore, who's English. He was the only one who sort of got the dry wit of yeah. it all and was a bit silly. And also, he's really smart. Like, that kid is fucking... Well, I shouldn't say kid. Freddie Highmore. Like mid-twenties. Yeah, he played Charlie in the new Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's really fucking smart. Like, he speaks, like, four different languages. Kid's a bit of a weirdo. Does uh, he speak four languages like that um, Paul Buckgeek does? Who? You know that politician who claims he speaks a shit ton of languages, but all he knows how to say in most languages Hello. is, hi, my yeah. name is... Yeah. Yeah. Like me. What? My name is... Huh? My name is... Ni hao! Ni hao! But no, um, so yeah, so uh, Alice in Borderland. It's it's an interesting concept. It is like, it's one of those things that if you've seen one of these sort of like, play the game or you die, Saw is a great example of that. It's like It's like a similar sort of thing, like you're playing the game to win your life. Um, I'm going to like very mildly spoil the last episode. The big, there's a big game on the last episode where it's kind of like the wolf game, but in opposite. Is it like the film where, um, Fre- with Freddie Frankie Moon is where they play the game and if they 
die in the game, they die for real. You, you, no. What was that game called? Oh, what was it? That film? Was it called Gamer? No, it's I know not. The other film, no, there's Gamer a film was games. Jared Butler. Yeah, I know it's that, but wasn't the one with... No, it's not. It's like, um, it's got a pitch. I can, I can see the, the picture of the, the controller. The is a bloody controller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a, like like a PlayStation yeah. controller, but it's like a knockoff cheese. And Frankie Muniz isn't actually in it much. No, yeah. he's not. And he survives as well, which yeah. is fucking worse. Um, but yeah, so um, it might be game over. It might be that bad. Um, but yeah, so... Um, yeah, like, so, um, the, the final game. So the way it works is that someone has been stabbed. They're, they so they all, it, it culminates, they find out there's loads of survivors are working together to build a deck of cards. And they've got tons of like the low level cards because the amount, so the figure on the card mm. denotes difficulty. And then the, the, the house, so clubs, spades, hearts, or diamonds, that's, that's your, um, that's what type of game it is. And if it's hearts, then it's basically the kind of game where only one person will leave alive or one person has to die to escape. And so the level 10 hearts, no one's been able to get one because no one's been in one of those games yet. And that's just so happens to be the game that gets called at the beach house where you've got like, there are literally hundreds of people and the alarm goes off, they get told it's a game. And the game is that one person is a witch and has stabbed someone. And they need to track them down. And the leaders of the house basically work out. They're like, oh, I've got an idea. If we go and we shoot everyone and burn everyone, then eventually we'll burn the witch and we'll be safe. And it's like, it becomes very tense because all the people that have guns, because some of the games do involve you getting guns. So like they have like a version. I find out witches. You just throw them in the water. And if they float, they're not, no, they're, no, no, they're a witch. Specifically, it's, you just have to burn them. Do they float or do they not no, float? No, these, these people don't have any magical powers. Aren't they? They're not actually witches. So it's, geese floats. It's a digital game. Wood, wood floats. Wood floats. Carrots float. Yeah. So, is so it if maybe a witch it's a witch floats, s- then she's made out of wood, which yeah. means she's a witch. Got you. Yeah. Um, What's really what's really interesting is like when it happens what when she that has starts, inflatable armbands on. She's still a witch, because no. that's witchcraft. Yeah. It's against Jesus. Um, one thing that's really interesting is in that final battle, you see the backstory of a couple of characters that you don't really know much about, but have been like a running like a running character in the background of each episode. And one of them is um, this female character who's been shown to be very competent at like hand to hand combat, but also quite smart with the puzzles and stuff. And she's working specifically with like this dude who looks like traditional anime guy, you know, like white jacket, long, lanky, silvery hair that goes down to the side, youngish, always with like that fiendish look in his eye. Um, and, uh, and you see some of her backstory. It turns out that she was, she's a trans lady Ooh. whose dad was like this really stern karate teacher. And he just fucking, he was, he basically used her as a punching bag when she was growing up. And then when she came out to her dad, he rejected her and she basically said to him, look, I'm not going to be in your life anymore. I'm done. She finds out her mum gets sick and goes back to go see her mum. And her mum goes, you look so different. You look so beautiful. I love you. You are my daughter. And so it's this nice little heartbreaking moment. And then she kicks the ever-loving shit out of this little fucking emo twat. And it's so good. I love it when, like, all the people that are all pomp and fucking... You know the people that are in... Basically, there's one guy who's in this game and he's like, outside of this game, yeah, I wish... only just started on... Yeah, it's only recently yeah. come out. Mm. Um, but he, he basically, like, he's this right prick who's like, I came to this place and I found out that I was really good at doing these games and I fucking love it. And so I'm only going to do this and I want to stay here. And you see him after he finishes his first game, which is like a, sh- a run down this big long street while poisonous gas pours out. And you basically just have to outrun the poisonous gas and get to what they call a safe place and you're fine. 
and he's running and he beats the game and he turns to a guy and he goes, he goes, I heard you're a tattoo artist. And then when you next see him, he's got like a shaved head and fucking just tattoos all over his body. And you're like, you're such a poser little cunt. <laughs> you, you, cool. He won one fight and then he decided he's a boxer. <laughs> That's got one of the guys from Jojo's Bizarre Adventure in it. Oh, which one's the guy from Jojo's Bizarre Adventure? Because I, I, I reckon that guy will definitely be the one. Yuhei Arisu. Yeah, I need to see the face, dude. Kento Yamazaki. Oh, one sec. He's in. Oh no, he plays the he's main. In, he's the main character. That one, I think that one down. Nishiro Murakami. That face. Oh yeah, that's anime dude. Yeah. So that's mysterious anime dude. Uh, but yeah, like I enjoyed this a lot. Like I thought it was really interesting, and also when it does, when it does like the gorier moments, like when his friends sacrifice themselves. He runs over to his best friend, just as his best friend's being like, you're always so shit in the real world, but here, like, you seem to have found a way to survive and do really well, so I hope you keep surviving. Keep surviving for me! And then his fucking head blows off, and his blood goes all over his face. It sounds like freaking Battle Royale 2, when it sounds, every it's, time someone dies, it's all, I've always loved you. It's less like Battle Royale like, oh, 2, God, You don't know who you are, stop it. Yeah, it, it's less like Battle Royale 2, luckily. But no, I really like this, and it was a surprise, because I'd never heard... It's a manga, and there's like loads of spin-offs and all this other shit that I've never had any idea about, because it's not shown in Jump, so I don't read it. But um, but yeah, I might I might check it out after. And there's going to be a second series, because at the end, they find out that the reason they haven't seen any face cards yet are the face cards are like the boss challenges, and they've mm. now got to start going through the face cards. Yeah. That's like a joke at King, Queen, Jack. Oh, Ace, sorry. Um, but yeah, it looks really cool. I, I'm hoping they're going to do a second series because I'd like to see where it goes. And the characters are... I really like some of these characters. Really cool. Um, and really good at... like I didn't expect it to be so um, good in terms of the um, the LGBTQ stuff. Because like, usually in they don't acknowledge that stuff. Like A lot of Eastern... Eastern sort of TV shows and things like that. They're not the most sensitive to it in Japan. They do love their stereotypes. Yeah. But yeah, this character... like. I didn't know it was a trans character until that episode. Yeah, but probably not played by a trans actor, though. I don't know. I, I don't know. So. I because Doubtful. very unlikely. I wonder actually, but <laughs> no, no I I give this. Um, I'm going to give this a Timothy Oliphant. Mm. It's nice looking. It's smooth. Goes down easy. It's enjoyable. Just like your mum. I mean, she don't get down that easy. <laughs> yeah. Took a while. Yeah. <laughs> your review at. Yeah. Right, I'm going to review Taika no Tetsujin Rhythmic Adventure One. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's because it's, it's disgusting. No, um, Tiger's Tetsujin Rhythmic Adventure 1 is an RPG based on Taiko no Tetsujin, the rhythm action game. Um, I don't know why they've called it Rhythmic Adventure 1 here. They're remakes of 3DS games. And this one was called, uh, Don and Kata's Space Adventure, if I remember, which would be Don Tokato no Uchu Daiseko? Maybe? I can't remember. What was adventure in Japanese? No idea. Jesus. Anyway, so basically there's some villains. One of them is a male-voiced, female-represented character that uses male pronouns but dresses like a woman with a stubble um, and sounds like a man in a kid's game. And it's a bit This is what we were talking about, representation. (laughs) Yeah, it's not the best representation. No. Um... But there's a whole evil villains. They've taken this little character who's a stopwatch because it's taken at Sujin, everyone's weird objects and stuff. And they split him up and he's like spread across the galaxy and they're trying to find, the villains are trying to find a specific part of him, which I'm guessing is going to allow him to change history. 
and you end up travelling through time. You get the help of this little bunny rabbit guy called Toki, I yeah. think his name is. Um, he's One of his ears comes off, and it's a radar thing that allows him to travel through time, apparently. It's a bit weird. You know, but then again, your your main character is a drum, so yeah, it's you know anything can happen really. And so you travel through time, trying to find the parts of the little clock called. You might be called Toki. I can't remember if the rabbits called Tiki and Toki, something like that. Yeah, whatever. They're silly little cartoon characters, and they got weird voices. Um, and you're traveling through time, trying to save them. You meet up with historical figures from various places around the world, and they join your adventures. And you know each each section's like. Here we are in feudal Japan and we team up with Nobunaga and we fight like a cave demon and stuff like that. Who turns out to be quite a nice guy. He's been kidnapping kids because he was lonely. Um, and they think he's kidnapped them to eat them. But then they find out he's just got them in like a little nursery. He's given loads of toys and he's treating them really nicely. And then they're like, oh, that's you can't do that anymore. Let's go back to town, give back the kids. But we'll tell them how nice you were to the kids. I'm sure that'll work out fine. <laughs> he still kidnapped their kids. Mm. Um, but whatever, whatever. Um, and then, you know, you go to, you know, ancient France and, say ancient France, Renaissance, Renaissance France, Mary Antoinette joins your team. She's meant to be marrying some guy and she doesn't really like him that much, so she joins your team to run away. Um, and you know, you have little adventures and the way it works out is you have battles. And when you go into a battle, it turns into a Taikano Tsujin game and you have your team that you've built up and they've all got different stats and different abilities, although you can't really control them or anything. It's not like you, pick out what moves they're going to do or anything like that because that would be a bit different, difficult in the middle of playing Taika no Tsujin. Um, basically, the longer you hold a combo for, the more often they'll attack. Okay. That's basically the way it works. So, say I think the way I figure it out is that characters say every seven attacks, every seven notes you hit, mm. they'll attack. And they'll attack more often if you hit okay, hit notes good, as opposed to okay. So the more perfect notes you hit, the faster they'll attack. So that'll happen across your whole team. So if you keep the rhythm going and you keep hitting the notes on the songs, you'll be attacking more often and you'll waltz over enemies like crazy because enemies only really hit back if you keep missing notes. Some hit back if you get okay rather than good. So, you know, some enemies will be tougher if you're not accurate enough. But you can also set the game to basically give you a massive wide open range for where the accuracy is on the notes. So you can basically cheese your way through it. Um, And you can get costumes for your little drum character. So you can dress him up as a... I've got him dressed up as like a warrior, but you can dress him up as a unicorn and stuff. All right. Um, just for fun. Yeah, for funsies. Uh, yeah. But it's kind of neat when you're running around and each air, each world, different, different time period, has a different set of music. And you'd think it would be like music that's themed to these worlds. Yeah. If they are themed, they're like so loosely themed, I can barely figure out what the theme is. I mean, the closest I got was when I was in the ancient Japan one. Um, Carmen Rider Gaim's theme tune was playing. Um, and Carmen Rider Gaim, the characters in that, it's loosely based around feudal Japan and they all have fruit-based samurai costumes. Yeah. Um, so I'm guessing that's the thing. But then when I was in when I was in France, they started playing the Russia Sentai Takuja theme tune. And, like, you know, you get music from Pokemon and Yokai Watch and all this sort of stuff and pop songs and, like, you know, forgive me, what are they called? Those um, art fake musicians, the virtual idols. Virtual idols? They're called virtual idols, aren't they? Hatsune Miku. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, there the is writer of black books. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think there's like three Kyari Pamu Pamu songs in this song. She's only credited on one of them because the way they credit songs on this is weird. It sort of it will credit the show before it credits the singer. It's more likely to credit what they're from rather than who made the song. But um, I did quite like it's got it's got the theme tune from Crayon Shinchan, 
that Kerry Pamu Pamu did called 100%, which is also on the previous Taiko no Tsujin game they released on Nintendo Switch, but it's a different version of it, which is nice. So I've got mm. the same song twice, but different. Um, and you can just play the game, just regular Taiko no Tsujin if you want. You can just load it up, ignore the adventure, just play the regular songs. It's fun. There's like a hundred songs in there on this one. And this is just one of the two. They've released two at the same time. They've sold them in a bundle called a Rhythmic Adventure Pack. And one's called Rhythmic Adventure 1, one's called Rhythmic Adventure 2. The other one's like some completely different game. I've only bought the first one because I figure I'd be playing that for a while anyway. And it'll, it's an RPG. It'll take a while to get through. Yeah. Um, I think it's got a song called RPG on it as well. Oh. Yeah, which is convenient because it's in an RPG. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it has like the music from one of the Ace Combat games and stuff. And I think there's a track from Tekken. Like, it's just the random music that's in it is fantastic. And all the bosses unlock extra songs that are made just for the games. There's a whole bunch of Namco original songs, which are all, like, songs from other previous Taiko no Tetsujin games. So I have no idea what any of those are, because we never got them in the UK. Drum and Fun was the first Taiko no Tetsujin game released in the UK, which is why this Rhythmic Adventure is quite neat, because it's two previous games we never got here. It's nice of them. Um, apparently there's some stuff missing. It hasn't got the DLC that they did for the 3DS game, which is a bit of a shame, because... The DLC had the Carmen Rider Forza theme, and that is my main deciding factor on if I buy a Taikan Utsujin <laughs> game. Because I would have bought the second one, but it didn't have a Super Sentai theme. It only had one oh, Carmen Rider theme. Oh, I get it. I get it. You know. I understand. And it was the it's the Takuja theme tune, which is like number one. It's a, probably the best Super Sentai theme tune. Oh, yeah. It's great. Um, but no, it's, it's fun stuff. If you like rhythm action games, it's perfect for kids. It's a nice kiddie RPG. It reminds me of like. Do you remember the GameCube RP era of RPGs where environments were just basically a series of corridors and you'd have like the edge of the lair, like you'd have a path you walk down and the only thing stopping you from walking out into a field was like a waist high wall, yes. the hill, yes. like a little mound. Like Pokemon for yeah. about 60 years. Yeah, um, it's kind of like that, it's that sort of era of game, which to be fair is a 3DS game, so 3DS was like Wii Power wasn't it, so yeah. it's that era effectively anyway. Um, but no, perfect for little kids I think. Because um, you can put it on super kiddie mode. You can put it on easy. Yeah. You can have it so there's like practically like the area to hit the drum is massive. So you could just give it to a kid, let them play it. Don't need the drums. You can just use a controller. Mm. You, you can change the controls however you like. You can set it so even they've added to this the drum mode for when you use the nunchucks. Yeah. Which I could never get the hang of. So I didn't do it. Um, but you know, plenty of ways to play. I imagine the Donkey Konga drums will work on it as well. <laughs> if you got them. Because they work on the original one. I don't want to plug in my Donkey Konga drums onto the Switch, so in case I drag it off the Well, it's also table. not USB on the Donkey Konga drums, is it? No, you plug it into the GameCube controller adapter. Yeah. Yeah. but um, I have a GameCube adapter. But it's good. Solid stuff. We could give it a try. Good, fun little kids game. We can do a live stream. Nah. You get content ID'd in seconds and get eh. chucked off the internet. There are worse things I'll to get. get banned from everything. Yeah. But no, for little kids, it's fine. I've only played like five or six hours of it. Do you see it being like a proper challenge if you like put the difficulty up? I think well, you can put it on very hard mode. You can put it on the highest difficulty, and I can imagine it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, I did lose one boss battle, but I went off leveled up once and went back and slaughtered him. So, oh. quite a little grinding to do. A lot less grinding than Yakuza Seven at the end, anyway. That's for sure. Yeah. Because um, I'm about at six hours into one boss fight now Jesus. of going off and leveling up and coming back and trying again. It's got difficult. Mm. Um. But anyway. Taikonutsujin Don Tokata no Uchu What is adventure? Boken something? Boken Boken is adventure. Is Boken adventure? Yeah. Boken no Tetsujin. Boken no Uchu no Boken 
Des. Arimasu. Arimasu. Um, all right, cool. I've made my villagers in. I did. I think he say Arimasu at the I, I did see that, like, it come out and I. I was interested mm. a little bit, but. The first Taikano Sujin is £12.49 on Switch right now. Is it? Yeah. There's some good stuff on that. Oh, the actual drumming game? Yeah. The yeah. download version. Uh, I yeah. see how much it is in But this one, these Rhythmic Adventure ones, you can just play the drums. Yeah. Which is neat. If you don't want it, there's like a hundred songs in each of them. That's true. That is true. Um, anyway, fuck you. Cool. Your last uh, review? Yeah. Is it? That's your third review. My third review, I think. Yeah. Because I went first this week, didn't I? Did you? Yeah. Started with um, Mandalorian, didn't I? You started last week, remember? You did June C first. So I started this week. So this is your third review. Yeah, and you haven't really thought about what... No, no, I have. So my third review is going to be uh, Space Invaders Forever, the new Switch collection of a few Space Invaders games to celebrate the 35th anniversary of... Or 45th? No, 35th. It's got to be 35th. It's not been around since... Well, has it been around since 75? And Hmm? Space Invaders, when was it released? Uh, 1979. All right. Or 1981. 40th review. 39th review. I don't know. Um, So, basically, Space Invaders Forever is a collection of free Space Invaders games that have been released recently um, for for Switch and I think for PS4 as well and potentially PC. I haven't seen them on PC, though. I've seen them on PS4 and Switch. Um, But basically, uh, yeah, it's just a collection of games. So you've got Space Invaders Extreme, which is the one that you said was on PSP. Yeah. And then you got Space Invaders 4SE, which is the four player Space Invaders massive one. And you got Space Invaders versus Arkanoid, which is the touchscreen one. Um, yeah, all in all, um, like a good package of games. Uh, Space Invaders as a party game in, in 4SE is pretty fun. Um, probably like, so in terms of, in terms of the actual games themselves, the one that I found the least interesting is Space Invaders versus Arkanoid, despite the fact that I used mm. to be a massive Arkanoid fan. Um, it's just the fact that it uses the touchscreen. I explained this to you earlier, but I, love Arkanoid. I had Arkanoid on the ZX Spectrum. Yeah, I had the Super NES one. Do it again. I sold it. Got like forty quid for it. Oh really? Yeah, it's just a loose car. Mm. Jeez. So yeah, so um, Space, Space Invaders versus Arkanoid is the one I like the least, just because it doesn't use the Joy Cons. You have to use a touchscreen, and it feels a bit weird to be playing a Switch game that involves just the touchscreen. You can't even go through menus with the controller or anything. It's like literally just like a tablet or a phone. Can you version play it on the TV game. then. Pardon? Can't you play it on the TV? Not that I'm aware of, no. I might mm. give it a go, actually, because I didn't try that. I always play in handheld mode, don't I? So yeah. I don't really plug it in, but I can give that a go. Uh, but yeah, like, all in all, um, it's a really good, really, really good collection. I found myself spending hours playing fucking Space Invaders Extreme, which I didn't realise was a PSP game. But the music's great. Yeah, there's the two fucking... of them. Is there? Yeah. Ah, that's cool. There was a um, Xbox 360 port of it as well, I think. Oh, okay. This might be the 360 port then in that case. Yeah, I think it's an updated version of it. Yeah, because but... it's HD, this one. So um, it's like fairly... I remember rightly, Jeff Minter had something to do with really? one of them. Yeah, I think he, he provided something for it. Oh. Um, sure but yeah, like all in all, like that game is fucking great even now. Uh, one of my favorite things are that have you, you know, you unlock levels via the, so you've got that, that weird outrun style grid pan. Where yeah. You've got like start and it goes down and up, depending on how well you're doing. I love the boss battles on Space Invaders Extreme. I'm up and down like on Space Invaders Extreme for the boss battles just because some of them make a lot of sense, but then others, they don't really give you a warning or any instructions as to what you're meant to be doing. You don't always know. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, the massive laser and blast the shit out of them. Well, there was one where it started out and it basically had like these Space Invaders bouncing around in bubbles. 
So I was shooting at those, but every time I shot the spit, the like the big boss at the top of the screen, mm. nothing happened. It didn't really show yeah. me that any damage was being done. And I was like, oh, okay, so maybe I've just got to keep shooting these bubbles. And I was <laughs> just spent forever shooting these fucking bubbles. And it turns out that uh, when you shoot him, it does affect him. It's just it doesn't show any signs that it's affecting him. Yeah. So it's like one of those weird ones where it just wasn't, you know, there wasn't enough information being told to me for me to know whether or not I was doing the right thing. The uh, space invaders, just shoot the thing. Yeah, right? yeah, I guess. Um, really fucking fun. Really fun. There's only three Space Invaders on there. It's only three games, yeah. And also Doesn't on the Switch. my favourite Space Invaders. On the Switch, um, if you bought the cart version, then there are two on the cart and then one downloads automatically when you put it in. Really? They couldn't yeah. fit more on, what, they put a four well, megabyte three, cartridge in there? All three are meant to be on <laughs> Space Invaders forever, mm. but because I got a review, I should say I got a review copy, because I got a review copy, I've got one... The, the game icon for Space Invaders Forever has Space Invaders and 4SE and it has a separate icon for Space Invaders vs. Arkanoid. Yeah. But they're not selling them separately. They're I'm sure Space Invaders vs. Yeah, Space Invaders vs. Arkanoid was a mobile game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's on phones. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. But um, but yeah, all in all, it's a really good collection. Although I didn't like Space Invaders vs. Arkanoid, I can see that being a fun distraction for somebody who's like, who's like sort of got their fill of the other games. Mm. Like... There might be someone out there who's looking for a new challenge in the same sort of vein as the other stuff, and they want to go for that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I like it. Um, what more can I fucking say about Space Invaders, really? Space Invaders featured in... Uh, Pixels. It's dying out of the like Yes, they did. Did they end up in my video? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. No. 1980, Space Invaders came out. Yeah. I remember now, because Space Invaders 95 was the 15th anniversary edition so of it. The, so this must be for the 40th which anniversary. Space Invaders 95 is my favourite Space Invaders game. Great. Mm. But anyway, yeah, I, I recommend it. I think it's like 20 quid? 15, 20 quid? I think it's 25. Is it 25? Yeah. I can see it being... being. It's one of those games that you can just pick up and you sort of like, you have a go and I get... I think a really expensive special edition of no, it you can get in indeed. Japan. It's like £100. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's like it's the perfect game for just like a bit of pick up and play, and I think we're kind of lacking in that stuff nowadays. They're like, there's a lot of games that ask for like a lot of your time. Now, roguelikes have kind of taken over the whole, yeah. you know, pick up and play for five minutes thing, because you don't really get arcadey games so much anymore. There's, yeah. there's still a bunch, but roguelites have taken that spot of the game you play for an hour and then turn but off then they, they've sort of like lost that because mm. so many of them now because they're doing that death cycle variation sort of thing mm. you can't really put the game console in sleep and then come back to it because often if you do that the game won't save the assets around you so you suddenly have like a ton of monsters yeah. it doesn't really I mean unless it's like a big budget one in which case they probably do think about those things but loads of the indie titles like even Blasphemous sometimes like if you're playing Blasphemous and you put it into if you like into sleep mode and then don't come back to the console for a couple of days like an enemy will respawn that wasn't there or you killed on your way there you know even though my memory's just failing me because I'm old mm. yeah. you should pause it before um, you go into sleep but mode Space Invaders more. Space Invaders um, I'm really enjoying it I genuinely um, and I'm not like a big old arcade fan I'm um, I always always more of a home console person like yeah, the by the time games... you were old enough to step in an arcade they were shutting well yeah like I remember a child I remember Police 24-7 was probably the last big release that I... Well, no, actually... Police 24-7? Do you not remember that? That sounds like the one I was freaking based on the... What's that TV show? The, the training. Guy? No, no, no. So I remember when I first started going to the arcade, it was all about uh, Primal Rage and Area 51 Child. and House of the Dead. 
and then they started, games. they started bringing in stuff like Jurassic Park and then they also had Police 24-7 which was like the real life police training thing where you shot like fucking targets and stuff um, then Carnival came in and you had stuff like um, you had stuff like Virtua Cop and shit like that like I used to just yeah, it sounds like you were off the bay the le- leftover dreg scrap well, I played the, the Silent. I, I like. I've played tons of the more recent arcade games as well. Stuff like the Silent Hill one they did, and and um, oh, fucking, I still want to play that Luigi's Mansion one. But yeah, yeah. I, I played this Mario Kart uh, GP one and two in the arcades. Yeah, I played both yeah. of those. Apparently, they've updated one of those recently. Yeah, there's GPGX or something. Yeah, now. the newest one. Yeah, it's weird. But they have like apparently one of them in Japan. You can get amiibo. They have amiibo touch panels. Oh god! So you can take like because they do cards. Well, just give us a home port of the. GP, give us, give us fucking F Zero GX. They give you cards. AX. So when you play a game, you win cards. Yeah. And the cards work like amiibos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Been doing that for years in Japan. It's like, yeah. That's a whole thing. Yeah. But um, but yeah, no, I give this a Glenn Close. It's not not perfect. I mean, sometimes it does bad shit, but. Oh, she will be honoured. I can I can forgive I can forgive like Arkanoid versus Space Invaders being put on here and just being a port of an like a phone game like yeah fine right you know you got you want to add some it's it's almost like that's icing on the cake and the cake's really good it's just crap icing that's fine it's like the little silver ball things oh god fucking damn it I just eat those straight from the box who in the nineties thought that was good they were good just little real metal balls like not sweets they're just the actual ball bearings just put on your cake. Just teach you a lesson. Nothing good happens in life. Things might taste sweet, but your teeth are going to crack. <laughs> your review, Ant. Uh, Wonder Woman 84. Oh, God, you stole my last week. No, Fuck you, me. America. We got it first. <laughs> <laughs> it's because they don't like Not women. Just a, two weeks early. Not just a week. It's because they hate women. Yeah. Anyway, Wonder Woman 1984. Do you remember when people were leaking stuff about this on the internet and they decided it was terrible? And they're trying their best to put the hate train in front of these films. Because that's what they do now, isn't it? They pre-hate films. Yes. They try to grab the leaks and they go, oh, this is terrible. It's going to be awful. It's going to be the worst oh, film shit, shit. ever. Yeah. Um, and they did that on one... They tried that with Wonder Woman 84. It hasn't stuck. Wonder Woman 84 is pretty fucking good. Mm. Um, I it enjoyed it. It is just lovely. I really enjoyed it. It's, I think it might be the best DC film so far. Look, like Shazam is still my favourite. Yeah. But the thing, I, things I love with Wonder Woman 84... It's set in the 80s, and it doesn't constantly go, hey, remember King Kong? Remember Ferris Bueller? The remember only, Star Wars? And Back to the Future? The remember The Simpsons season that. 1 through 9? That's what 80s films, uh, all these yeah, shows right. nowadays, they're just constantly trying to remind you. That. Like when they did Stranger Figs season 2, and they kept saying, hey, the kids are wearing Ghostbusters uniforms in this one. Do you remember Ghostbusters kids? I think that that was more thematically that made a little bit more sense. Yeah, but it's just an excuse just to have so It's like when Star Trek Into Darkness... Where the whole thing was just built around reminding you of things you know from Star Trek. Tarts. Anyway, none of that. The closest you get is like, here's a shopping mall. Here's some people being assholes in the street in their fast car. Because it's the 80s and they're living their best life. Here's ladies in spandex exercising. You know, JC Penny. Remember JC Penny? But it's not like, you know, being irritating about it. The closest, like... It's good. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and the story revolves around wishes, which is like 80s cinema's favourite trope. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, you had Big, you had like uh, Freaky Friday, you had Wishmaster, you know, all sorts of things revolve around wishes in the 80s. And this wishes. is all about wishes. If wishes were kisses, um, I'd pissed. 
because I just want wishes, please. Um, how come Pedro Pascal didn't ask anyone to wish for him to have more wishes? He did. He wished for the power of wishes. Yeah, but he could have. No thing. Anyway, he gets he gets this this thing. It's made by God, apparently, and he he makes himself become the thing. He wishes that he has the power of this stone that grants wishes for people. So then he has the power. It takes yeah. a toll on him. Yeah. Um, and I thought, funny? isn't it funny? It's the only time he gets to use his proper. But accent. you know, it was clever because he was perfect to be this thing. Because you remember the what the stone was made out of? It was made out of citrine, a cheap knockoff rock used to look expensive, but really it's just a cheap knockoff basic rock used to make fake, you know, jewelry with. How did I not? And because see? he is a fake, fake cheap knockoff billionaire, he's not really a billionaire. He's faking the whole thing. That's the weird. That that is one question I had. Like, he got so, enough investment to make himself look rich. Oh, uh, right. And, so it and was he brought just... all the oil patches up, thinking it was going to make him rich. Yeah. But the oil patches are basically dry. Everyone's already abandoned those and skipped them over. He picked the dregs. Yeah. Because he didn't really know what he was doing. He was just obsessed with being rich. Yeah. So he was basically the grifter. And like, thought. yeah. Um, I love that the first time you see like his office and all this sort of stuff, you get that feeling that they're aiming to make fun of a Donald Trump type. But the thing that's different between him and Donald Trump and makes him like and like turns him from being a cartoonishly evil villain to being an actual villain is that there is humanity in him in there. Yeah, like he actually does love his son. He's just a twat. Well, <laughs> so so that's one of the things I found most interesting is that you find out a little bit about his backstory. Yeah, at the midway point, and you find out that you find his backstory right at the very end of the film. But oh yeah, you it's do, hinted don't at throughout the film. There's stuff yeah. there. There's like you get a feeling that he's he's. That he has sacrificed stuff to get where he is, well, he's and he's obsessed poor, with he? it. Yeah, he was dirt poor. He was horribly poor, and his dad was abusive. Hmm. And he basically wants to be the opposite of his dad. So he wants to be rich, and he wants to be a loving father. But this, I mean, this is a nice take on Maximilian Lord because Maxwell Lord, because like I've always liked him. He usually gets dumped in as being the shitty Lex Luthor. Often he has psychic powers as well, doesn't he? Yeah, but in this is effectively he's got like his wish grind is much better power. Hmm. <laughs> um, but um, it's nice stuff. Um, the only things that bother me a little bit, I think they could have, like with Cheetah, with old uh, Kristen, well, he's lovely. She's hot in this. She's so attractive <laughs> all the fucking time. Yeah. I don't know why people are like, oh, look how plain she is. I'd be like, hi. No. What are you doing? She's got that yeah. butt. But not just that. She's just a very attractive lady. She always has uh, been. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the only thing that bothered me is that, like, I don't think there was a, there should have been a, some bit more gradual transition into Cheetah. Because yeah. it just kind of happens. She just suddenly becomes the cheaper. scene where they she attacks everyone at the White House should have had claws coming out at least. Hmm. Like there should have been scratches happening, getting catty because the ladies are oh, getting right, catty with sexist. each other. Um, but I thought her character art was really nicely done. Like I wish that like that model of of Cheetah at the end was bad. Oh, CGI first stuff. It's going to be a nightmare in anything, isn't it? Plus, like, how many of the special effects for this film probably had to end up being finished at home? Yeah, that's like, true. But, you know. like, it just... Her face didn't even look like her face. That was the thing. I couldn't mm. recognise that as Kirsten Wick. Yeah. Uh, I don't know... I like her, I think the film could have also had um, some redemption for her, but keep it over for sequels. You know, but it's, it's 
just a really gloriously fun film. I think, you know... I think that you're right about steady reveal of her being Cheetah. I think it would have been interesting if, like, by the end you saw her and she's wearing, like... Because she was wearing the jean jacket with the Yeah, she's got the leopard stuff. print stuff on. Yeah, I think if at the end you, you saw her and she's standing at the door and Diana's like, look, Barbara, I know that this is what you think you want, but get out of my way. And then she just sort of, like, starts shrugging off and you see that she's actually underneath, she's all fur and stuff and, like... The claws come out and then the face changes and it's like, oh, that's cool. You don't necessarily want that, just little bits. Because yeah. there's the whole thing where she's like, I want to be an apex predator. Yeah. And all this sort of stuff. And Maxwell Lord's like, oh, like I'm being generous. I'll... He just, I don't think he grants her a wish, but he's basically the cost that she's paid is like deep down. It brings out a bad a bad thing for you. Like, it's a big cost and the oh, cost is her humanity. Oh, fucking hell. I just remembered that. Okay, so there is... So the... I don't... I'm not going to spoil how that how it happens, but at one point it cuts to Britain and there's a bloke in a cafe who's oh, yeah, Irish yeah. and there's some cunty, disgruntled fucking cafe worker and she goes... It's his wife. She, is it? Yeah. Is it meant to be his wife? Yeah. All right, and she turns around and she goes, I fucking wish all the Irish would deploy those scummy cunts. And then yeah. he turns around and goes, yeah, well, I wish you were dead. And then she suddenly she suddenly has a heart attack on the outside and you see police beating ginger, like ginger people to death. And I was like... You weren't around in the 80s, though. <laughs> yeah, but still, it's just... You, you, you weren't around when every few weeks a pub was getting bombed in the UK. Yeah, that's true, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I did. I, I remember that. But it was just, it was too. My friend car- knew, my mum knew someone who got killed in a pub bombing. It was just like, a bit too cartoonish yeah. for this. No, it was this. It was an episode of EastEnders from the 80s. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But, um, no, there's, there's so much good stuff. I like the, I, I, the action sequence in Egypt where she's chasing the tank. I really and everything. like the action sequence. That was freaking in Egypt. great. When she I turns like- the car sideways and uses it as a shield and just pushes yeah. it down the road. Um, there was the bit where she saved a couple of CGI kids from. That was weird. This one shot. They're fine for most of it. Then there's this one <laughs> shot where they're. down. And like one of them has no weight because he sort of stays in her arm. Just... I think they just ragdolled him. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that's fine because it's not something you could do practically. You couldn't have, like, you couldn't swing a river and have her hook up two kids. Yeah. in her arms that would kill the kids no, um, like, no matter how slow you did it, it you can, I mean you could get stunt little people but um, <laughs> then they would die but then you'd look at them and go that's a tiny person <laughs> what's that tiny that's Peter Dinklage why is that little kid covered in toes yeah um, Dinklage yeah. mode I, I yeah I, I much the same as you I loved it and it embraced it embraced the 80s without really just embraced becoming... the good things about 80 films like I fucking loved how hope and I loved how excited Chris fun. Chris Pine was to have like a bum bag and a pop tart yeah, it's standard issue he's always yeah, an American like, issue military issue thing he basically like every so often there's a there's a pretty woman scene where they're getting Chris Pine dressed up to go out and walk around town mm. and every outfit he reveals there is a bum bag somehow and it just made me laugh so much especially like he goes, he goes I like the America issue bum bag yeah. it's really good for keeping stuff and then like the next one he comes out looking relatively normal and then he goes but the bum bag just doesn't work <laughs> like, and I was like well done. Well done. Zine pop tarts. I've eaten. I, I've eaten so many of these and drunk free free pots of coffee. It's great here because <laughs> you forget that World War One was probably quite a shitty time. But they wouldn't have proper coffee back then. They'd make that fake coffee, wouldn't they, out of old grounds? Yeah, and stuff. Yeah, but um, no. Um, I do think it's starting to get to the point now where it's silly how miserable she is. Like, if you were to watch the DC films in in um, in universe continuity. Mm. Like, you can watch the Marvel movies in universe continuity and they work pretty well like that. 
Because you can watch like, you know, Captain America, the first Avenger and Captain Marvel and stuff before you get to the Iron Man's and everything. But if you watch the DC ones, then you're going to have to watch Wonder Woman 1 and 2. And she's kind of hopeful and fun in those films, yeah. especially this one. And then you get to Batman v Superman, where the only where she has the only sign of character in the entire film, where she smiles once. Like no one in that film has any any redeeming character marks until that one moment where Wonder Woman smiles a bit, and everyone goes, "Oh, do you remember when she smiled a bit?" Yeah, are we meant to believe that for sixty eight to sixty years she's not had one relationship outside of the weekend she spent with Chris Pine. Yeah, well, you missed the ending because you ran out of the cinema screaming. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But she, she, she's decided to date again. She's, yeah, she's getting yeah, back she's on really Chris there. Pine's ghost body. Yeah. But, um, no, it's, it's just good fun stuff. And, um, I, I liked, think we I, should just basically separate the Wonder Woman films from the, from the Marvel, other DC films. I like the fact that once, once they sort of started to, once she realised what was causing all the trouble and she sort of, she fixed it. Mm. As she's running, I liked seeing the wounds healing up and shit on yeah. her body. It was just like, oh, okay, I get it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. So much better than the original Wonder Woman film. No, I know that people great. like it. I know that people like it. I just don't. You just got bad opinions. I don't. I just didn't like that film. I'm allowed to not like shit, all right? It's no. like Aquaman. I don't like Aquaman. Not, people you have love to that. agree with the consensus. No, I don't. Mm. People love Aquaman, and I thought it was so shit. <laughs> but... And I like, but I really like Shazam. I don't think it's a DC thing. I think it is just, and also, I well, Shazam was a nineties movie, so it'd probably mind you when you were a kid. <laughs> probably, yeah. There you go. Was it? It was a nineties movie. It was, it was straight set, up it was a nineties movie. Yeah, but it's straight up a nineties movie. The film is exactly every nineties so right, superhero. Fine. fine. Um, He's even got the fake muscles on his costume. Yeah, but he is quite stacked. Have you seen him? Like he got fairly big, but. Just not the rock big. They need to make sure he's the rock big because the rock's Black Adam. Yeah, but the rock, Black Adam's going to be a good guy, isn't he? An anti hero, they say. Which means good guy. Yeah. Yeah. They don't Um, have to do anti heroes nowadays. Didn't they say Dr. Fate and Hawk Girls in that film? Maybe. I'm sure they announced the whole team. Oh, yeah, they they had the Justice Society. Yeah. Yeah, so it had um, Atom Smasher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I really liked Wonder Woman 1984. Solid movie. I agree with you, Ant. It was better than Wonder Woman. Did you hear um, Sylvester Stallone's in the Suicide Squad film? Or yeah. he's going to say, do you know what I reckon he should be playing? They haven't said it yet. He should be playing friggin' old, uh, what's Killer his Croc. face? No, black, the cat guy, boxer guy. Oh, yeah, black cat. Black cat, yeah. Black Canary's boxer teacher. Yeah. He'd be perfect. He would be good at that, Just actually. Rocky. That'd be a really nice little, little, yeah. yeah. And, like, he wants to go on the mission with everyone, but she's like, you're our trainer. He's like, I've still got a yeah. few fights with me yet. He's like, you, had a, you got brain trauma from that time you fought Tommy Gunn in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not remember Catman 5? Yeah. God, that's the worst fucking Rocky movie. That's so bad. Tommy Gunn's dead now. Is he? Died of shame oh. for being a Rocky 5. I liked Rocky 5 when I was a kid. Really? Yeah, because I thought I like the idea that a Rocky boxing match ends up in the streets. I think that's nice. It's just the film's not good. But yeah, the whole thing's not good. But the idea of him degenerating so much that he's having to settle fights in a street because that's where he started, man. Like I don't know who who got the idea to follow up one of the most successful films of the eighties with that film, but bad move. That guy was else. called Tommy Gunn. What a great he name! Was called Tommy Gunn, yeah, yeah, because um, he goes bam, bam. Do you know what's really funny? Like, that film starts off as, like, a proper misery train. Because, like, they get back from Russia. The whole film's turns, a misery train. Yeah, it turns out America has said, like, Rocky's actions 
were uh, untowards and all this other shit and like <laughs> if I could change yeah and you could change we all could change and then uh, and then Paulie because of some bad investments probably in pedophilic exploits or incest he's the robot out of, ro- out of the Rocky 4 special edition isn't he have they yeah that's what you say so he's cutting the robot out why because he's an asshole happy birthday Paulie because Sylvester Sloane doesn't understand why we like that film <laughs> Because the robots. He's going to try and make it a serious film. Really? Yeah. That's grim. It's really funny that Paulie's still alive, or the actor's still alive, he played Paulie, and he hasn't come back through for the Rocky or Green movies. <laughs> um, Alright, anyway, that's besides the point. Uh, my last review? Yeah, your last review? Alright, so I've been playing a video game, man. I've been playing a video game, I've been playing it for a few hours now, around 14, 15 hours. Um... And I'll tell you what, Ant, in those 14 or 15 hours, I've experienced hundreds of bugs. Because, of course, I've been playing Cyberpunk 2077 for the PS4. Why? Because I was really excited, Ant. No. Okay, so... See, I I went on the rend that I don't like any of CD Projekt Red's games. So I just figured this was going to be a mess of a game that I don't like. You so. don't like any of CD Projekt No, I find them all annoying to control and boring and... Fair enough. Just like, you know, they're, they're games for kids who are all like, oh, I'm just going to be all miserable and dark and everything's dark and violent and cool. And our hero's just a badass and he's never going to smile because he's badass. Well, I guess the wrong time in our friendship to tell you that I've got, I've owned The Witcher 3 four different times. Yeah, I know. It's a terrible thing. So I've owned, I bought The Witcher 3 on release for the Xbox One and it was terrible. It ran terribly. Um, I mean, it ran at 30 frames per second, but there were loads of pop-ins and like a few technical glitches and stuff like that. It didn't crash my console repeatedly, but there were a bunch of issues. And I also owned, I owned the Witcher, Witcher 2 before that, and I played about halfway through Witcher 2 and just didn't get into it. Like, I kept pushing again. I tried I got to, through the intro sequence of Witcher 2 and gave up. I tried to treat it a lot like I treated Final Fantasy 13 or 12, which is the one with the crystals and all the fucking crystal shit and stuff like that. I don't know, 12's really good though. Is 12 the one, one with Vice and, uh, and the old open world thing. The guy with the afro and the chocobo. No, that's, that's 13. 13. So 13. is terrible. Yeah, so 13 I kept trying to get into and I kept pushing against and I got past the first disc and I was like, I can't fucking do this. And I treated The Witcher 2 the same. Witcher 3, I loved. I completed it on the Xbox. Then I got it for the PS4 and I got the complete edition. And then I got it for the Switch. I also got a free copy for, um, for the PC and I fucking, I love it. Especially on the Switch. The Switch has been one of those surprising things where loads of people complain about the way it looks and shit like that. And I'll tell you what, like when you can play The Witcher 3 on a plane for like two hours portably, shut the fuck up. Doesn't matter what you say. That's incredible. So. Play something fun instead. It is fun. I really love The Witcher. Like you say, it's miserable, but there are darker storylines within that. But like loads of... People forget about the fact that The Witcher 3, you can literally just be a witcher. You can literally go around hunting monsters and ghosts for people and do those contracts because there's loads of those fucking contracts in the game. There's like 50 of those throughout the world. And if you just do those, you can like get loads of XP and loads of money and you can just do that instead of the main story if you want. Mm. There is so much to that game. But anyway, it's besides the point, Cyberpunk 2077, based on a board game or a role-playing game, sorry, um, like Dungeons & Dragons... Johnny Silverhand's a terrorist played by Keanu Reeves. You are a low-level criminal who one day has to do a job that ends up getting you injured, getting your friend killed, and you end up with Keanu Reeves stuck in your head. There's a ghost, and you see him in the place. Yeah, and he slowly, his personality is dripping into yours, and they can't remove him because you fucked your chip when you fell out Why of the Why would building. you want 
like Keanu Reeves out of your head. Well, that's kind of the thing is that he's dying. So Keanu Reeves is taking over his mind and his body. It's essentially t- creating a copy of Keanu Reeves because his consciousness is within this biochip. Anyway, so that's just that's just the first part of the game. That's the setup. And then from there, you're doing missions to slowly find out how you can get that personality removed and maybe survive. And he's kind of helping you and you're using his knowledge from when he was alive because some of those connections are still alive. So you can still use some of the people that you used to use. Basically, that's that's it. That's the story. So you're trying to... Your end game is getting Keanu Reeves out of your head and potentially finding out why he was trapped in a biochip and why they're so against him. Even though he was a terrorist, he was trying to bomb a building. Um, yeah, so that's the story. Good luck experiencing it. <laughs> it's It's been widely fucking reported on how badly this runs on PS4 and Xbox One-based consoles, right? Like, everybody knows it's a glitchy fucking mess. It runs we in can't like, even get it on. Yeah, sometimes it runs at 12 <laughs> frames per second on those consoles. So, I have a PS4 Pro and I have an Xbox One X. Mm. And I have a PC. Thank fuck I have a PC in this situation. But PS4 Pro, I was expecting it to run okay. Like, 30 frames per second. Maybe not look pretty. Maybe be 1080p. That's fine. I am fine with that. As long as it runs. And it just fucking chugs along. Barely running crashes a load of the time gives me that C4878 issue which is like memory something or other oh he's in the Mandalorian yeah um, and some of the fucking stuff that's happening is unbelievable like you'll go into there's there's a particular area where you're like going for a hotel and you've got to escape the hotel and you get to the lobby and you're about to leave the lobby and the hotel elevator comes down and there's like a big fucking hulking dude with like a massive grenade launcher that's come out of a shotgun um, and he's meant to be the boss at the end of the level and my game glitched so that his feet were like two inches below the ground so he couldn't leave the lift and just kept doing like this weird animation where he's stuck. So I just fucking lobbed a ton of grenades in the elevator and just fucking left him in there. He couldn't shoot me, he couldn't leave, couldn't do anything. Nice. And then I thought, well, that's the easiest boss to ever I mean, getting stuck in an elevator would be something a massive guy would have yeah, to deal yeah, with. absolutely, absolutely. It's realistic. So I went over and I went to loot the body. Well, when Tor Watts-his-face walks into the walls in Ed Wood. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I went I went in to go and loot his body, and then it glitched me into the elevator, so mm. that I was my face was partly out the back of it, so I could just see the world beyond. <laughs> and then it asked me to press the button on the elevator, so I had to skirt around the lift... Because it was almost like I was half in God mode. Mm. So I had to scare around the edge of the lift to then try and press the button that was existing in my torso at that point. And then it just wouldn't let me. So I loaded game. And then obviously it loaded right before that and the boss kind of worked. It again got glitched. It kept... Every time he tried to leave the lift, he fell down. So it was like an explosion had gone off near him or someone had shot with a shotgun up close. Um, that was before the second patch. So I was willing to forgive it. How many yeah. patches have they done for it? So Four. Oh. So we're on the fifth How patch. How has it been out? Uh, two weeks? A week and a half? Yeah, about that. Um, <laughs> so we're on the fifth patch now. Um, driving's a nightmare. The frame rate drops to about 15 frames per second on PS4 Pro in some areas. Oh, you get that PS1 quality here. Getting that PS1 quality there. Yeah. Um, sometimes enemies will, um, will completely disappear. I've had police get stuck in my flat. Now, in the game, in your flat, it's sort of like a safe zone, hmm. so they can't come in. So what I do is I go and duck in my flat if there's a lot of police heat around the flat area. And I went and did that, and two police had glitched inside of my flat. One was partly in a wall, and the other one was just looking around like, hmm, hmm. And then there was a dead body in a pile of bin bags in the corner. Nice. 
And so I went and I did and not I, notice it. No, I went and I and I crawled between them and went and looked out my door and turned around and they'd all disappeared. Yeah. How convenient! Yeah, <laughs> um, I've had. So one of the other interesting things are the cars. Like my car, I actually rammed into a gate. So that caused my car's tyres to go about six inches below the floor. So you just had them like just below, just like they were clipping through the bottom of the floor. Mm. But my car would not go back, would not go forward. It wouldn't let me get out of the car. And the person who was standing behind my car at the point of me crashing was slip sliding along and then resetting to the point of sliding. I saw the one where someone was driving their car and their character was T-posing out the roof with no trousers on. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yeah, that happens. I had a mission today, again, after the fifth patch, where I opened my boot to put someone into the boot. And after, after it showed the animation of me putting them in the boot, I took a step back and they were standing one foot above the boot of my car, just like this, like, ah. They T-posed though. No, no oh, T-posed. So they weren't a certain dominance. They no. were, so they were letting you. They're being passive. Yeah. Um, although that did lead to me, there is a, there is an office quote. So, you know, in the office, the American version, there's that, um, Chinese guy that works in their, works in their, um, warehouse. And he has a whole backstory and it's revealed in an episode, like just before the end credits, that Craig Robinson's character hired him for a role there because he found out he was an illegal immigrant, but he helped him get his visa and get his life together just because he, you know, was a good worker. And he goes, back in my home country, I was a surgeon, good hands, good mind, confident, you know, great instincts. And in this, when you save a guy, he just suddenly pops out the boot of your car. It doesn't open or anything. He just pops from there to there. And he's standing next to this guy and he goes, good surgeon, good hands, great instincts like that. And I was like, oh, it's an office thing. Okay, cool. Um, Memes, man. I know. And then I turned around again and they were in the car I'd driven to the location. They drove off and I was like, well, good for those teleporting guys. (laughs) It's just, it is a buggy fucking nightmare. The thing is, is like, I wouldn't want to play a game this buggy unless I was getting paid for it. I know, right? Which I used to. <laughs> yeah, because you'd be a QA. Um, yeah. I used to get paid to play games this buggy, and then they fixed them. You'd report the bugs, and the developers would go, we need to fix this, or do we not need to fix this? Well, this is a pretty obvious bug. We should probably fix it. Do we have the budget to allocate to fix it? No, we don't. Let's delay the game. When I worked in quality assurance and engineering, we had SCAR and CAR reports. Yeah. Yeah. SCARs, like the um, racing game. request, and then supplier. Uh, not the, not the racing game. Well, yeah, no, so you'd have supplier corrective have action request, and then you have Scots. customer action. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, Do I have yeah, the game doesn't really work, and it's a shame because what's there of the story is interesting. What's there of the world is interesting. It's just none of it works. There's a, there's a mission where you have to go and, um, take part in a shooting competition, and they give you a gun, but no ammo. So if you don't have the ammo for the gun that they give you at the beginning of the shooting range, and if you don't use pistols, say, and you don't keep pistol ammo, then you can't take part because they don't allow you to use shotguns, rifles, or assault rifles or no, machine guns. Good. So like, that's a that's what a question. Game, game developers. Yeah. Do you think maybe they should have oh, I delayed this game again? This game was announced in 2012. Yes, and that's the other thing I was going to get to. <laughs> this game was designed for current generation, well, last generation consoles. Mm. And it cannot run on them. It's clear why it cannot run on them, because they were focusing on the PC version, because that is the other twist in this story. I have a fairly good PC. So I installed the game, and I gave it a go. And wouldn't you know it, it looks better, it runs better, there are no glitch. well, there are glitches, but there are so many less glitches, and it just, it just plays like a video game. If you have a PC, play this fucking game, it's great. 
If you don't have a PC, the only way to actually get it to run in any sort of discernibly fucking valid way is to either own an Xbox Series X or an X- a PS5. I think they could probably offer people who bought the console versions of PC Steam code. Yeah? Like, if they've got PCs capable of it, because that's the only one that's running right now. Yeah. Um, um, or just take do the refund, leave the ident on their account, and then when the next-gen consoles come out, they can just download it for free. Yeah, that's one way of doing it. Um, yeah. So I'm thinking of going through their refund process. Yeah. I'm genuinely thinking about returning it to them. Yeah. Because there's not much else I can do. I can't keep playing the game. Yeah, you can't go take it to the shop. No, because <laughs> I, I bought it through <laughs> Shop 2's eBay store. Yeah. And Shop 2 have said, like... Because I pre-ordered it like months and months ago. <laughs> I did it when there was like, sucker. I did it when there was like an offer, so you get like I I pre-ordered it and got it for forty quid. Look, which, you know what I always say? Never pre-order games. I know you say that, but again, I was very excited about this game. I love The Witcher Three. I like what CD Projekt Red have done with the last open world game they did. I assumed that there would be some pedigree to it. There I mean, is. I pre-ordered it's just, the Accuser collection. It's pedigree fucking chum. Mm. For the goodness, full of vitamins, full of yeah. marrow jelly. Exactly. Yeah. But um, but yeah, just I wish it was better. I wish it was Does better. Keanu Reeves tell you you're amazing. There is a really, there's a really you're good, you're inter- amazing. There's a really nice little interaction with Keanu Reeves where his his mind is taking over yours, and you are just after doing a job that is basically linked to the beginning of the game. You're saying to him, you're like, stop fucking begging me to smoke. I'm not going to smoke. And he goes, come on, don't you want to just have one? And you just happen to have a pack of cigarettes because you can kind of see that, like he is starting to take over. Like, mm. obviously, you bought them at some point. Um, so you light a cigarette, and he's like, oh, it tastes so good. And he's like, don't you think it's a bit fucked up that you can taste what I'm smoking? And he goes, I think it's fucked up that it took you so long just to give in and smoke one. I've been doing this for days. <laughs> and it's just, it's this interesting, like, sort of... But then, like, all of the fucking bugs, like, there's ghosting in the game. There's a part where a woman's walking through an apartment and you see triplicates of her image. Nice. Because it's ghosting behind her where it's leaving this weird trip. And also, it's like a cutout. You can see where the asset and the background aren't connecting properly and she's got like these white boxes around her body where she's moving where it's not inserting the background. It's just... Remember people say like, oh, it's silly that they... uh, Was it one of the developers of the game liked to tweet that said, uh, how come Cyberpunk gets removed from the store and everyone gets a refund, but Avengers didn't? It's like, Avengers worked. Like, yeah, it wasn't yeah. good, but it was a game that worked. Yeah, there's a difference. And people didn't think it was going to be good beforehand. Yeah, people knew it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, sorry. People expected mediocre, and that's what they got. Yeah. I don't I don't buy a fucking live service game and expect something mm. decent. Blame yourself for hyping the game up for yeah. the last eight years. But, again... <laughs> If it's going to be released, it should be released in a way that works. It was like two years ago they first said this was about to be released soon, wasn't it? And it kept yeah. getting pushed back. Like, there are things you could do to make this work on consoles. There are things. Like, if you were... Because it is essentially... Consoles, even the PS4 and the Xbox One X, are essentially just PC hardware. Mm. So all you need to do, low settings, 720p. You call it performance mode, you let people choose if they want to play it like that. Yeah. Because on PC, you... And this is really weird. My computer... I've got a feeling a lot of the performance issues is not so much to do with resolution stuff and texture quality and all that sort of stuff. I think it's more just to do with literally how the game's running under the hood. That's what you'd think, but... Because when you say like physics stuff going crazy and animation routines not working and stuff like that, it usually means something's not calculated in CPU. I think that's the system memory not being able to actually handle the game. Rather than anything else, it's not able to get rid of assets quick enough to load the next asset in. Insane. Yeah, because it's just retaining asset mm. information. It's not. There's a skip- Switch version coming out. <laughs> yeah, 
you know what? It would work. Yeah. It would work. It could work on Switch. You yeah. just remove all the texture texture packs and you make sure the facial animations and stuff like that are okay. Just have cell shading mode. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> yeah, just call it cell shaded. I don't know why they don't do that for the Switch. I'd fucking play games like that. It'd be yeah. fine. It's a pixel art version. Retro, 16-bit. Not even pixel art. Just <laughs> 576p and it'll run. It This... This game is so weird because the engine is the CD Projekt Red engine. And on PC, there are you can change settings to make it run better. And the weird thing is that if it detects your hardware, it goes like, you know, it gives you like medium high ultra. It detected my hardware, it gave me ultra, right? Mm. Which is fine, but it detected my monitor as my TV as my monitor and then put it all the way up to 4K. Mm. So I started playing the game and it was running shit. And I was like, oh, of course it's running shit. I'm running a 2060 with 6 gig of memory and a fucking 4K resolution. That's wrong. So I bumped it down to 1080p. And the game ran fine, but there was still like weird artifacting shit happening. And it wasn't like you'd turn a corner and it would suddenly lag for a couple of frames and then it would go back into the thing. And I was like, oh, that's weird. So is that something going on in the game or in the engine? So I put it down to high. And then it was like running at 60 frames per second and up. And then mm. I was like, oh, well, that's weird. Okay, so maybe it's maybe there's something I'm missing here. So I started playing around with stuff. And I went to 1440p, ultra settings, and again, 60 and up. Mm. So why is 1080p ultra harder to run than 1440p ultra? Did you reset the game at any point? No. no. Literally just fiddling in the settings and then going in and out of the game and just... So when in doubt, weird. turn shadows down, turn down ambient oh, occlusion. So... If you're on PC... Turn down reflection distance yeah, if they give if, that option. If you're, off, if you're on PC, then turn off all of the weird like film grain, motion blur, Oh, film grain should shit. be off anyway. Film yeah, grain get all that shit off. If you're playing on consoles, don't turn film grain off. Because mm. the, the, No people say to turn it off. No, the palettes on the game, mm. if you turn it off, then you get like this weird grainy colour palette. It doesn't bring stuff Oh, that's the probably. reconstruction for yeah. the resolution. Yeah, yeah. it's so the aliasing shit. So if you turn film grain off, it kind of hides that. Yeah. Yeah, if you turn film grain on, sorry, kind of hides that, which is why I think it's on by default. Because if you turn it off, it just looks fucking weird. I just know this is a game I'd never get into. Well, no, you probably would. That's the that's the sad thing. I this... can get on with Fallout or <coughs> 4 or any of those, like, all these freaking open world shooty shooty fake RPGs. Yeah, look, look. Let me freaking. I want my accusers. I want. Me. It feels. It, if anything, it feels more like a mix of Bioshock and um, Bioshock and Fallout. That's kind of what it feels. Which like. Which Bioshock? Um, the first one. First one's all right. Just because the way that you loot people and the way that you sort of, you know, the way that you loot people and the way that you use stuff, and you've got a perk-based upgrade system mm. instead of like, uh, you know, like traditional RPGs. You're like, oh. I've got to put my mana retention up a little bit. Instead, you've just got five. And it's your just, anal it's retention in a little bit. In yeah. A minute, yeah. Um, so it's just five things and then you just put... Is anal retention the five <coughs> grip you have on your butt? Yeah, you can actually change that by getting a new butt. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, it's... I've heard people saying you can't change your character's appearance in the game. I mean, you might be Which you'd think would be the whole thing. Look, I've heard a world of shit. Like, I... I found out on PC you can't have a save file that's bigger than 8 megabytes where it crashes yeah. and destroys it. Yeah. And then I found out that it's the same on PS4. You can't have too many saves where it starts destroying them or they just start corrupting. Um, I've had... I changed stuff, settings. I changed a couple of settings in the PS4 version and it wouldn't let me out the menu and I had to restart the console to actually... I've got a feeling that they got this through cert by telling Sony they would fix some of these fatal bugs in a certain time frame and they haven't, so Sony have removed it. 
You know, one other thing as well. I'd like to see what loading times are like on a normal hard drive in a PS4. Because mm. they've got to be fucking atrocious. Because yeah. in this, it's 12 seconds to load into the game from an SSD. That's pretty bad. When I was playing Spider-Man Miles Morales, I got down to like three seconds. Yeah. It's fucking bad. But yeah, like, again, if you've got a PC, if it's, if you're playing on a PC, this might be a Tom Atkins. Because you can kind of laugh off the glitches when you, when your system isn't crashing and dying on you. You know, it's kind of funny to see people T-posing after you kill them if you're playing on a PC and it looks good. When you're playing on a PS4 Pro and you throw a grenade near someone and they get stuck underneath a plastic barrel and then the thing keeps telling you destroy all the enemies in the area and it turns out the guy under the plastic barrel's just having a bad day and hasn't been able to get up yet and you've got to go shoot his foot 30 times before he fucking dies. <laughs> you know, or you've got like, I ha- like, I keep posting on Twitter all these fucking crashes I'm having and all these weird shits, the shits that are happening during the game. There's one where I chopped a guy's head off with a samurai sword, and because his body fell into one of the vending machines, his head was stuck at the top of the vending machine, his body slightly further down, and his neck was still making this wibbly-wobbly noise when he went up to it. So it was like, I went up to it, and it was like... <laughs> constantly just wiggling. Oh, that sounds shaking. like that video Bell Defiend put out. Yeah, it does, yeah. And then, like, you look <laughs> at his face, and his face has gone, like, super low poly. It's, like, got no detail to it, and you're like, what is happening? It's such an expensive game to be this fucked. They ported the Switch version to PS4. Yeah. This, again, right? I did see when I watched the Digital Foundry video, when it's the moment they started up, I went, oh, no. <laughs> like, mm. I was just looking at it, I was just like, oh, this mm. looks blurry. This it's looks- when you leave your apartment for the first yeah. time to go get in your car, and it suddenly goes, hey, guess what? Slow motion. And it's- the Xbox version with its occasional one frame per 60. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, One yeah. X apparently, like, so of the last gen, One X is apparently the best way to play it, but it's also the most powerful console, so it doesn't... I've heard you play it on a Series S, it's actually um, all right, because the Series S seems to have the features that the Series X version has, but at a lower resolution, it ends up running smoother. Yeah, I've seen the Series S has been running it pretty well. Yeah. But is that is a next-gen console. Yeah. You know I mean, even though the, you may... That's the thing that I always have to separate They've out. They've got some head. extra little con- things in there for the next-gen well, ones, haven't they? You've got to remember that, like, even though the configuration, it may be less powerful than the One X... Hmm like the old One X, it's still newer architecture. Still faster, newer, better at processing stuff. So even though that power range's lower, if it's just faster to do it... I mean, look at Power Rangers versus Ultraman. The Ultraman might be might be like weaker, but it's faster. And like Power oh. Rangers... Oh I don't know. God, I'm trying to make it something that you'd understand. I don't fucking care anymore. This game's destroyed me. It's what episode of Star Trek is it like? Oh, fucking no. The Trouble with Troubles. Trouble with Troubles. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh... All right, so on PC, on PC, this is a fun game. On PC, I'm going to give this a Helimiron. Mm. It's a really good, it's classy, fun time. It's got a few bugs, it's a bit shit sometimes. But for the most part, it's a really good experience. It's a really fun game. And I can't tell you how much of a difference it makes for a character to not have a voice or to have a voice. Because your character has a voice that you select and they have a personality and you can't really change that. You don't ever feel like you're playing a role-playing game. I don't know why they didn't just make it so there were just two characters to pick. Instead of it being like you could configure this character, because it doesn't make a fucking difference. You can't see him. <laughs> well, no, it's not. It's not just that. They're also always a dickhead. You don't get to choose a personality type. No. They're always kind of a cocky asshole. And it's the same with like Keanu Reeves. Why not well, just like kids like nowadays? Well, but if you were gonna get someone like Keanu Reeves, just make it so you play as Keanu Reeves or you play as a female star of the same caliber as Keanu Reeves, and then just make like make it so you can pick one of those at the beginning. 
Because he's the most interesting part of it, even though he is a terrorist. What was his name? Johnny Silverhand. Silverhand. Yeah, he's like, he's a singer in a band who turned into a revolutionary when he saw what they were doing to people and how they were using data and people's what, identities. What was his band's name? Was it Dogstar? I can't fucking remember. <laughs> it yeah, Marilyn Manson, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's one of those weird things where, like, there are clear... Stuff always comes across like it's made, like, by teenagers. Yeah. The teenagers in the 90s. I don't know about that because there are some interesting aspects to it. And like I said, the story is interesting. Like the company that you fall in, the company that basically stole Keanu Reeves' identity and his, and his soul, I guess what you call it, like a digital variation of his soul or an imprint of him. The company that's, that did that, their head of security that was like the older owner's head of security is helping you because he wants to find out how the guy was murdered, but at the same time, he wants to find out why the biochip was so important to them. And also, he wants to make sure that Johnny Silverhand is dead. No. Like, because the idea is that it could be just a copy of his personality that exists in this biochip to torture him. Almost like, almost like, um, a way, like a bargaining chip. Like, Johnny, Johnny Silverhand is out there and he's just retired and fucked off now. Hmm. And in reality, the thing that's inside of you is just a copy that, they have just to say, look, if you don't fucking, if you don't behave yourself, we'll release this to everyone. We'll make every sex bot in the world you. We'll make it so that every bit of personal data you have, all your friends are available to all of your enemies. You know, you could turn that into an asset and make it so you nullify someone. And then suddenly that person's, there's someone out there doing the work you wanted to do when you were younger or doing the work that would appear to be vengeance on your behalf. And like, that kicks up the dust and turns him into another antagonist. I mean, that may be what fucking happens. Who knows? He gets to the end of the game when it crashes. It turns out the whole thing is inside a game the whole time. <laughs> you get to the end of the game and you're Arnold Schwarzenegger and John Cho's there because they've mixed together all... the two total recalls. Turns out it was a video game all along. Yeah. Um, look, on 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 any home console right now except for you the You go next... through a door and there's freaking Jeff Bridges and he's like, you got to help me defeat Res... Ren... What's his I'm name? in the altered state. Rinsler. Rinsler. Um, he, t- he killed Tron. Basically, I'm going to say the same thing that everyone's been saying. If you've got a PS4, base PS4, PS4 Pro, if you've got an Xbox One, S or X, don't buy this because you're not going to get the full experience. If you've got a PC or if you've got a next-gen console, then, you know, it's apparently running really well on them. I wouldn't know because we can't get PS5s in this country because apparently only scalpers are allowed to play the latest games. And they cost too much. Yeah. None of us have got jobs. And also Demon Souls doesn't look interesting enough anymore. Um Fuck you. Well it doesn't. Like that's literally <laughs> All the only... kids love Demon Souls. There's literally like I didn't ever I just want to play Astro's Playroom. I didn't ever like see the new console generation as a reason to get games for the older generation. PS3. And... No, no, like Demon uh, Souls is a PS3. Yeah, it's a PS3 game. <laughs> have you seen how good it looks on, on PC when you get it running on the RPS? Whatever is the no, of the PS3. Well, Demon's Souls boring games. Because Demon's Souls is only like 1080p, 60 frames on the PS5. But on the PC, you can run it at 4K in like some stupid frame rate. Because it just, it runs through the emula- emulator. Like, they specifically started programming to make it run well on PC. Which is funny, because, you know, so Sony- games to run well. All games to be crap. <laughs> That's yeah. the future. I... I can't recommend it to people. That's it's so. Maybe kid, do you think? Do you think the gamers TM will learn to stop hyping up games like crazy before they get a chance to play them? I don't know because I was excited about this, and I think there's a difference between hyping something up and being excited for something. 
Hyping something up is like spending every week. We spent the last six years going, I can't wait for Cyberpunk to come out. It's going to be the best game Yeah, ever. but look. You got Johnny Silverhand tattooed on your chest. Look, once again, <laughs> once again, I think the problem is... Put your is, arm cut off so you could have a cyborg arm. <laughs> I, once again, I think the problem is that there is a difference between actual... You've had your dick out your trousers. <laughs> there is a difference between people actually being excited for this game and wanting to play it. And then corporations being paid to advertise it. Mm. And the separation between those two things isn't clear enough. And so you've got a lot of people who like Rick and Morty and think they have big, big number, like bigly numbered IQs who are going like, it's going to be the best time I've ever played. My mum is letting me go to the supermarket to get it the day it's really... And you've got those people and they're going like, they're online constantly going like, Johnny Silverhand is a really complex character. I can't wait to play the game. And then like, and then they get home and they get it and they go, this is the best thing I've ever played. And then they go on Twitter and they go, oh, someone's had some bugs. I better quickly just send them, I'm going to rape your mum and then kill your dad. I'm going to fuck your dog. <laughs> and you're like, wait. Wait a second, kid. <laughs> I hate you. You're silly. You don't get the subtext. It's like, what is the subtext during that gay sex? And this game they're going on about gay. is Puyo Puyo versus Tetris 2. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. But that's that's literally what the Discord is now. It's but the problem is today. that. But the problem is that, like, we've not us, not us personally, because when we talk about shit, we're fairly honest. Like, it should be like me. You just look on the thing. And go, oh, that's well, I'm going to download that, and then you end up playing Taiken and Tetsujin Rhythmic Adventure. <laughs> You know, I mean, you've fallen for that trap several times. You've got Donkey Konga. <laughs> Donkey Konga's great. <laughs> I wasn't not going to get the Bongo game when that came out. <laughs> yeah, because you hyped it up. You were going. I got all to your play friends. it before release. You were. You were online. I played it before it came out. You were online, and you're going. This is going to be the best. Game. <laughs> I played it before release. I got to play. That's it the game early. of voice, by the way. That's how yeah. all gamers yeah. sound. All those cunts. I don't get hyped up for stuff until I've played it. That's not true. Yeah, Where, where's what new game have I brought? I bought you Pokemon Sword and Shield because you were hyped up for Pokemon Sword and Shield. So I said, do you want Sword or Shield? And then I bought myself... Where's my many posts on the internet going, Sword and Shield's going to be the best game ever. No, I can't believe they... You were excited for it. This is again... Pikachu this is again... Fat. Again, you are mixing up someone being excited for a game that's coming out and someone being paid to advertise a game. And it's not it's not a no, Gamergate conspiracy decide shit. It's going to be the most amazing game ever. It's not the Gamergate it. conspiracy shit. This is just people not being able to discern the difference between advertising and actual opinion. And that's the problem. And the people that don't understand the difference between those two things conflate them, become incredibly angry when you have anything other than the same opinion or advertising structure as them. And that's the problem. You can't separate church and state anymore. It's impossible. So people get very upset and they get, look at look at the Rick and Morty shit. Like, if you don't like Rick and Morty, you just don't have a high enough IQ. And it's like, it's a fucking animated series, mate. If you don't get the jokes, you just haven't watched enough fucking films. That's not being a big IQ person. That's just not can't having... can't be with Rick and Morty anymore. Oh, I like it. I still like it. I still find it funny. I still watch that shit. Like, but... At the same time, I hate myself for watching it because of the people that think it's the be-all and end-all of comedy. Mm. Like, you've got people that will watch that, but they won't watch something like Gravity Falls because they think it's a kid's show. And it's like, it's the exact same fucking thing. It's pop folk, pop culture with jokes around it. They're good jokes. In fact, Gravity Falls is probably a better series than Rick and Morty. Mm. But less people have watched it. And also, it's not for adults. It doesn't have bigly IQ in it, so they don't get excited about it. 
The best joke that Rick and Morty ever told was the joke in which they should Morty... just let gravity fall say fuck. Oh, they should just bring it back. Uh, the best joke that Rick and Morty ever told was the, the one where he's doing the level and he goes, do you think that that's reality? Do you think that what you're doing there is in any way important or accurate? And then Rick goes and makes a completely flat surface... And then Morty stands on and he's, he's suddenly like, no, take me back. I want to go to reality. <laughs> what people don't realize is that's ripping the shit out of people that think that they're making a difference with a stupid little, their own litmus test. They're measuring the flat surface. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's, that is essentially, that's Dan Harmon saying to you, you're a fucking moron. If you're the person who's going by their own metric system, this is reality. And then when someone shows you reality, you're suddenly like, being torn away from it by your own stupidity. That's mm. essentially what it is. It's him mocking the fans. Mm. And people don't realise that. And you figured that out because of your bigly oh, IQ. Oh, my bigly IQ. My bigly IQ. And also... See, I just want to see the robots punching things. That's all I care about. <laughs> Bring back Megas XLR! <laughs> yeah. I want to make a Megas XLR movie. We'll get that... You know the chubby guy Tyler from... Um, yeah, get him. <laughs> It's because it's Tyler Labine and Jay Baruchel. <laughs> That's the casting, isn't it? Nah. Yeah, it's Tyler Labine, my... Jay Baruchel, and then as the woman, it would have to be, I guess Amber Heard's the closest, but you don't really want Amber Heard right now. So. No, no, I was going to get... Um, who's that one years ago who's really... Po- she's in Blade Trinity, and she's in... Oh, Jessica Biel? Yeah. She's an anti-vaxxer. Yeah. <laughs> Is Tyler Labine an anti-vaxxer? No, no, Tyler Labine's a If we can't get Tyler Labine, though, we'll get Guy Fieri. Apparently Tyler Labine's a really nice guy. Apparently yeah. Guy Fieri's a really nice guy. Yeah, I'll yeah. get Guy Fieri in there. He can play the He's... mega sex a lot. <laughs> He'd have to have marketing for his mm. stuff. He'd have to fire donkey sauce. Figuring what's his face, um, the guy, what's his name? The other guy in it? Not Coop, Jamie. Um, yeah, Jay He'll Marishal. be CGI and I'll just have Steve Bloom no, voice Jay Marishal. No. Why not? Nah, he's got to sound like Steve, Steve Justin Bloom. Long. Justin Long's a good shout. Now, Steve Bloom, Justin Long's got to be a villain of the week. Michael Cera? Michael Cera can be a villain of the week. If no, you've got anyone who's identifiable, Jamie. too identifiable, they have to be a villain of the week. Really? Yeah. You get Bruce Campbell, anyone who would like. Can you have them. Brad Pitt be Jamie? <laughs> just, just Brad Pitt. He'd do it. He would. <laughs> He'd like, I have no idea what this show is, but I'm just. He's got a giant robot. He's eating all the it's time. A nice car. He's eating all the time. That's right, Brad, Brad Pitt's alley. He loves mm. eating shit on screen, you know. Benicio del Toro, <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> Benicio del Toro, character from the Last Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from Sicario, every so often he disappears. There's just a pile of dead bodies next to Megasex. And it's like, oh no, we trod on some people. Oh. <laughs> we trod on these cartel members. Let just... me make Megasex. Oh. Oh. No. All right. Anyway, um, but yeah, on on home consoles right now. Unless you've you're said playing, it a million times. We know it's shit. It's not shit. That's the problem. But on anyway, consoles, yeah. it's shit. <laughs> on consoles, for the most part, it's a pretty bad experience. But some people have found it fine. Like again, it seems to be totally up in the air whether or not it's an enjoyable. This or arc survival involved on Switch. <laughs> yeah, basically, it's like Pixar. That's the Arc pixelated version. Yeah, because the regular version of Arc on Switch doesn't Apparently work. Apparently, Pixar works even worse. Does it? Okay, yeah, somehow. can't possibly. Oh, man. Anyway, you done? Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, good, because... God damn. Ruffled on for, like, two hours. Yeah, sorry, guys. That's... Uh, it's, it's, it's... I'm going to give it a... 
I'm going to give it a Melissa Joan Hart. This sort of shit was acceptable in the 90s, but now she's a fucking anti-vaxxer, anti-abortionist, and I'm fucking done. Is Melissa Joan Hart an anti-vaxxer Yeah, she's well? a fucking nutcase now. I think her Twitter's just run by, like, friggin', you know, some person. Because she followed me for a while on Twitter. Really? Yeah, Melissa Joan Hart did. I don't know if she does anymore. And Joel Courtney did. Oh, does he not anymore? No. Oh. Rock Band did. I don't know if they still do. Joel. I've got some good follows on Twitter, though. I wonder if we can get Joel Courtney yeah. to follow you again. Maybe. Wait, you mean Jai Courtney? No, Joel Courtney. Who? You know the kid from Super 8? Oh, yeah. Yeah, him. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He's, he got married recently. Did he? Good for him. How old was he? He was like 14 in Super 8. He's like 26 now. So I He think got married? Him. Yeah, he got married recently. Wait, we'll throw away He was in um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. very briefly. Oh. Yeah, he played a young version of one of the villains. of Not Paz Booth, the other villain. But anyway, fuck you. Let's go home. All right, all right. Bye. It's, uh, us for another week. So it's yeah. episode 150. If you want to follow us, you can find Ant at LV54 Space Monkey on Twitter. Please don't. Or you can find him at Mellow Gaming on YouTube. Pressure. You can also find him at Reacting Sentai Yoppa Ranger on YouTube. You can find me at Critapocalypse in most places. Can you know? Yeah. Fight. Bye. Bye. Love you guys. Bye. Guys, I love you. And Boris Johnson fucks kids. Bye now. Bye. 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 Say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye now. Bye. 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 Bye.